This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. Hello, everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. And it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. And as always, I'm never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man. Dan the Comic Book Man is here in studio and backed by popular demand. Other sir, can you please introduce yourself? B Rope, Mr. Alex. Um, thank you guys for having me again to discuss this wonderful movie. Yes, B Rope is also here. We it's a party, everybody. It's the 40th anniversary of the debut of the beautiful character Electra, Electra Nachios of all people. Uh, I guess what I wanted to ask you guys first and foremost before we dive into our Daredevil 2003 review is um I'll start with you, Baroque. What, what is your familiarity with the Electra character? Um, I, w- I would say, oh man, historically, it's been pretty well. I'm pretty well versed in her history. Okay. However, um, if you would ask me, really, what major events happened to her in the last, say, ten years? Right. I'm kind. I'm kind of oblivious. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I, I, I want to say classically, pretty well versed. Uh, modern, modern wise, not much except for. Have you guys heard that she is currently Daredevil? I did hear that. I did hear that definitely. Did, were you um a fan of her appearances in the comics? Were you a fan of like I guess her most notable appearance with um, Frank Miller writing her? Uh, Miller, who did a lot of work on the character. As a matter of fact, he created the character. Uh, she first appeared in Daredevil, um, one sixty eight in January of nineteen eighty one. Like I said, making her about forty years old. Um, he initially based the character on a female bodybuilder and intended for her to only be in a filler story and only have one appearance. But she became a frequent character in Daredevil until her famous death in issue 181 in April of 1982. Um, she was resurrected shortly after, even though um, Frank Miller made them promise never to bring her back. But that's a comic book thing, right? That's a comic book thing. That's definitely right. that's definitely a comic book thing. Dandy, when was the first time you remember hearing the the name Electra, seeing the character Electra? Oh, it was you, this movie. This movie here. This movie was the movie that introduced me to Electra. I already knew Daredevil for my entire life, but yeah, this was my introduction to Electra. Yeah, yeah. I was ten when this movie came out, so wasn't much comics feasible in front of me. Uh, Oof, ten years old. Yeah, I, was I was in 10. college. I was in college. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. And it's crazy, you know. Um I, I was doing some backstory on the character and um it, I, the character is so unique. You know, Frank Miller doesn't really um he really created a whole new Daredevil when he took on the title. Supposedly before he got on the title it was kinda waning as far as popularity was concerned. And um he was both the writer and the uh, artist during his tenure and he made basically Marvel and the editor in chief there 
give him full creative control over the Daredevil character. And he introduces, like I said, characters like Elektra, this whole thing with the hand, uh, the ninja stuff. And I feel like that's where Dare- like Daredevil splits in between the, um, what is it, the grounded, you know, city, kingpins kind of stuff. And then the uh, magic, hand, chase, uh, Elektra kind of stuff here. And uh, what what would you say? I, th- this movie seems to try to do both. What do you think, Baroque? Um. Well, to me, to me, this 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 Electra in the movie, for the most part, is in my opinion the classic Electra. Okay. She's she's kind of it's hinted that she's trained to be a ninja. Um. Her the way she speaks, it hints that yeah, you got some kind of training. You know something's going on. Um. But then by the end of the movie. It seems like somehow, some way, maybe she's resurrected, right? And yeah, that, and that starts to in, imply the the mystical aspects of her character, right? And this movie does seem to set up for a sequel, if not, you know, uh, for an Electra spinoff, which we do actually get. Uh, but um, I wondered if they would have de- de- uh, dived more into the hand of it all if we were to get a, a sequel to uh, Daredevil in general. I wonder if um, Ben Affleck was ready to. Do some do some ninja stunt work, you know, when it comes to the future of this franchise. Um, oh, I de- I definitely felt this franchise was this was supposed to be uh, a temple of some kind, but and I mean, look, they, they they did eventually make an Electra movie. Yep. But between the the box office receipts as well as even to this day the lack of critical acclaim this movie initially got, and I mean, honestly, I would say the late Electra movie was horrible. Yeah. So yeah. that that just kind of that that kind of killed any momentum they might have had. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we covered Electra. I don't know which was worse. We did Electra versus Catwoman because they both came out the same year. Oh man, was Electra a I, I chore? Would, I would say I would say Catwoman was worse. Yes. Probably. I mean, but for those two to come out at the same time, you know, probably one of the worst years. For women, <laughs> in general, like that was just not not. Actually, great. they were both directed by like uh, foreign film male filmmakers. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't fantastic. Um, this is actually directed by Mark Stephen Johnson, and he was also the writer uh, behind it. Um, some of his credits include stuff like Love Guaranteed, which came out last year, supposedly. Finding Stephen uh, Steve McQueen, Christopher Robin, which he wrote. Uh, Killing Season, Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Jack Frost, um, Grumpy Men, Grumpy Old Men, and Grumpier Old Men. He wrote oh, those. Films. Wait, the, the, the Keaton Jack Frost? Uh, you mean the, the horror? Um, yeah. Oh no, he wrote a horror. Oh no, 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 he wrote the regular one. The I was Keaton about to Jack say, Frost, did he write yeah. the horror Jack Frost or did he write the Keaton Jack Frost? The Keaton, the Keaton Jack Frost. There was a horror Jack Frost. There was though, two right? of them. It, oh, yeah, they were. Apparently, they, apparently they were, they were they were comical. Apparently, they're a year apart. Yeah, the Jack Frost you... that came out in with Michael Keaton and the Jack Frost that's the horror movie. Yeah, that's also how you scare a kid because he's flipping through channels at two o'clock in the morning and sees the title Jack Frost on Cinemax, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm gonna watch the Michael Keaton movie." Next thing you know, I see an evil snowman. I just found out that Jack Frost is the film debut of Shannon Elizabeth. So that's interesting. <laughs> but anyway, oh, oh God, wow. wow. That uh, movie predates American Pie. Check that out. 1997. Oh, yeah. American Pie was 99. Yeah. 99, yeah. Uh, this film is starring um, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, Colin Farrell, and Michael Clark Duncan, but also some other heavy hitters, uh, you know, in the supporting cast that I thought were pretty interesting. And given this director's cut, a surprise uh, Coolio 
cameo surprise coolio not a cameo it was a whole subplot that was completely eliminated from the final cut right right uh which was which was interesting to say the least because it wasn't until i i saw the coolio parts that i realized i've never actually seen the director's cut this is my first right. time watching I mean, the director's cut. Like, like you, like you said, with uh, this this movie, this movie, in my opinion, for the time, has an all star cast. Yeah, definitely. It's got Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, um, Michael Clark Duncan. Got John Favreau. Um, John Favreau is in this movie, guys. The actor that plays you Hector know? Salamanca has a cameo in the beginning. He's Fallon. He's that crime boss Fallon. Um, the chick, they have a Karen Page in this, only in the director's cut, and it's played by that chick from Grey's Anatomy. From oh, L- um... L- L- Ellen Pompeo. Yep, yeah. Ellen Pompeo. Yeah. And this was way before she was anybody. Right. I mean, they they were pulling out the stops for this movie. I mean, um, Joe Palantonio. Yeah. Oh, yes. his name. He was huge. He ha- he was coming off of, um, what, what show was it that he was on forever? Oh, you know, was, yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He was on some <laughs> show forever. He was, he, you know, like, at the time... He was a renowned actor. I mean, everywhere you look, if you were if you're a person of that time period, you're gonna recognize just about. Oh, his, his voice was movie. recognizable, one hundred percent. Joe Pantoliano. You know, Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a and tough he was one the pronounce, but it, yeah. <laughs> the reporter. He, he played he played Ben Urich, a huge yes. character in the comics. Huge character in the comics. Yes, he and he plays and he plays him well. I thought I, I enjoyed him as 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 uh, Mr. Kevin Urich. Smith had a cameo as a as a mortician. Oh no, exactly. a coroner, a coroner. Oh, right, bef- a coroner, right? Right before this, um, he was in The Sopranos, and he was also in The Handler. There uh, you go. The Sopranos is where he was. Yeah, he he died like season four or something. Yeah, he was in twenty one episodes though. So he, and, you know, um, he Electra's father too. That's another big actor. He was um, the guy Cecil in, in Mr. Deeds. That's the only thing I know that there he was go. in. Was Cecil he in uh, Mr. Deeds? Isn't he also in? Um, no, he's, he's not in. Titanic. He's not in Austin Powers, is he? Yes, he is. He's he's one of them in Austin. He's one. Of I those. feel like he's one of the bosses in Austin Powers. But anyway, yep. um, yeah, star-studded cast. They pulled out the the big bucks to put Evanescence all over this thing. <laughs> we, you know, <laughs> hey, 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 the soundtrack to this movie is not appreciated at all. It's it's it's, it's very. I actually, I feel it like it's very up. timely of the oh, time. It's, it's very of the, of the time. It, it's definitely like that brooding teenage angst acid rock. Of course, it's. Emo scene goth, but I I owned I owned everything this movie growing up. Right. I had a poster on my wall. I've owned the DVD. I had the soundtrack. I used to draw Daredevil in my freaking sketchbooks as a kid. That was one. This movie made me love Daredevil. I'm about to find something out, but Dan, talk more about uh, Daredevil real quick and your love for well, it. I mean, because uh, what was it? I think it was the very first time I ever ever saw Daredevil was that Spider Man cartoon movie. Okay. That was the very first. I saw it on VHS. Which one? The one, the one that was based off the '90s Spider-Man. Yeah, I think that was, it was like Spider-Man versus Daredevil, or Spider-Man slash Daredevil, or something like that. It was some yeah, like yeah, versus yeah, yeah. team-up movie. Yes, yes, because he he does feature eventually in the in the '90s Spider-Man show. Yeah. So I just did some research because I looked up uh, IMDb. It said that somebody else that they were considering for uh, the role of Matt Murdock, aka Daredevil, was Guy Pierce. Um, which, which is hmm. funny because he said he didn't want to do it because comic books aren't his bag, and then he ends up being in Iron Doing Man three Iron Man and 3. Bloodshot, <laughs> and he's in Bloodshot. Yeah, sucked too. in both. Yeah. Um, but what's the funniest thing about it is I don't know if any of you guys have seen Memento, but Joey Pantaleone is, is the bad also guy in, in there as Memento. Well. Yes. So, and he, he, 
Right, he eventually kills him, right. This comes out three years later. I think they were just trying to make Memento again. <laughs> I think they were just like, hey, let's just get those guys from that really good movie, put them in this, and uh, it's off to the races. But yeah, um, he did not want to be a part of that, which I found very, very interesting. Well, I mean, look look how many actors have actually said, oh, I don't want to do anything to do with a comic book movie. And then, lo and behold, they show up in a comic book movie. Oh, oh there are so many actors. You could throw a rock so out many. in Hollywood. Throw a rock and you'll hit an actor that said he didn't want or she didn't want it. And yeah. then, like, five years later, they get casted in this role. And now, all of a sudden, I love comic book movies. I'm the biggest nerd right, you've ever right. met. Like Exactly. It is, it, it's just, it's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and, and even uh, Ben Affleck had said that he thought that getting this role and taking this role and after all the bad stuff that was said about it, that he'd never land a good superhero uh, role again. And he was right. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. This does, though. It was too easy. It was too easy. It was too easy. But doesn't this look like something? This does look like his resume for Batman. You know, when you watch this, a lot of the the stuff, I, I feel like this was just to set him up for that for that performance. You know, I don't know if he knew he knew that was what that was, but yeah. Oh, um, also considered for Electra was Eliza Dusku. Oh, that wow! Been really? Yeah, she would have been perfect. Hmm, yeah, I, I, I yeah. could see that. She, to me, she, I, uh, she was she would have been too short, in my opinion. Too short? Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, Jennifer Garner's got to have at easily six inches on her. Yeah, she seemed pretty tall. She seemed almost right up there with with uh, Ben. Um, I can't remember if it, if it was during this, before this, or after this. But when did they start dating? They started dating. I think, I think they started after. dating afterwards. They were they dated, and I believe they had kids. I believe they were married. I think it was like oh four, oh five, like oh five to like two thousand like twelve or something. But is it, this is pre uh, J Lo and Affleck though, right? This, this is post. Is it? When 2000, did yeah, 2000, yeah. 2001 to two thousand two was was him and J Lo because that's when he made that god awful movie Geely uh, with him and J Lo. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Geely is two thousand and three. Oh shit, Geely was two thousand. The same year as Daredevil. My God, what a bad year <laughs> right. for Affleck. I, I, no, that's what I'm saying. So like that that movie basically ended their relationship, and then Ben meets Jennifer and goes uh, goes off with her for funny because I, a few years later they, they gonna, did I Jersey they Girl. Make it. I, huh? <laughs> a few years later, Ben Affleck and J Lo star together in Jersey Girl, Kevin's Kevin Smith movie. Oh please, yeah, but he she dies. Doesn't she die in the movie? Oh yeah, she like like the first five minutes. Yeah, Jersey Girl's the next year up with Jennifer Garner. Doesn't doesn't end up with Jennifer Garner? Jersey Girl's the next year after that, uh, two thousand and four. Oh my God, how old are these? With George Carlin in his final on screen appearance. That was Carlin's final on screen appearance. Madness, madness. The no, tang- but- the tangle webs we weave in Hollywood. My so boy then, Ben. So just... him and so when when did him and Gardner get together? I had to have been 05. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, the girl he the girl he dates in Jersey Girl is Liv Tyler, who's kind of a little bit of a clone of a Jennifer <laughs> Garner. Yeah, but a lot more talented and a lot more beautiful. Uh, I'm gonna have to argue against that one, buddy. Listen, you, you, listen she was Meg on The Leftovers, and that's all I care about. Uh, he dated Gwyneth Paltrow in 1997. He had an 18 month relationship with Jennifer Lopez, 2002, 2003. Um, he dated Jennifer Gardner in mid 2004, after the events of um G Lee and Jersey Girl and all that. Right. Um, and and they were married for a while. They have three children together. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, Should they were like married for a daughters. while. 
and now he's with um, Ana de Armas. That just that relationship just ended. Yeah, did it really? Yeah, it just it literally just ended. In fact, oh, it, it, it says right here they ended their relationship in January 2021. Yeah, it's so funny because I actually have uh, oh, just found gosh. this picture just now while we're talking, and this is Ben Affleck right now. <laughs> well, this is him smoking a cigarette. No, oh. it's afterwards it's just him with a bunch of food and Amazon. I'm gonna packages. end up selling you this. Selling this. It's just him with food and a bunch of Amazon packages. Um, the, like we said again, you know, this is the, the film Daredevil 2003 based on the Marvel Comics character of Daredevil, who was created in April of 1964 by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. On a budget of 78 million, this film made 197 million and currently sits on a 40, at a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Gentlemen, do you think these scores are fair? These scores are better than Justice League. Than Justice League, these scores are better than Justice League, Suicide Squad. These these are better than freaking Birds of Prey and Bloodshot and Dark Phoenix. They Daredevil did better than every bad comic book movie in the last ten years. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely say the the regular cut that's fair grade for the regular cut and for the director's cut, which as you as you guys have noticed, most people haven't seen. Right. So I, I would say the director's cut easily can probably get another full point up yeah and it's yeah. a good duration for a comic book movie it's like two hours and 15 minutes yeah yeah and honestly it didn't feel like it i felt like it was under two hours to me because no. the original cut the original cut was like 90 minutes yeah so can you so you could already see how much of this movie they cut out like literally they cut there was so much brand new told to me brand new brand new dialogue from young matt narrating there was mm-hmm. definitely more scenes of that young Matt opening up. If yeah. to I I like the film even after a rewatch, but it feels to me like somebody I, I've used this I've used this analogy before, but somebody telling a joke that you know not a hundred percent right. Like they hit the notes that they're supposed to hit, and it gets the reaction it's supposed to get. But I wish it was a little bit tighter, just little things here and there. But as a, like overall, there are films that have come out in the last five years that are worse than this film. Easily. Oh yeah. Easily. The last last year, every comic book movie that came out last year is worse than this movie. That's Birds of Prey, Bloodshot, and New them. Mutants. A lot of them. And Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. A lot of them. I think yeah. I also think we're giving. I'm giving this a lot of grace because of when it came out. You know. Definitely. I mean. I mean. Yeah. When, upon rewatching this, it definitely felt dated in a yeah. lot of aspects. But I mean, it's also pre MCU. You know, yeah. um, it's not fair almost to grade things that came before the MCU um, against the MCU standard. Right. You and know, we're, no, that's we're, a different formula. Sport. Yeah, it's it's it. That, but th- again, this is this shows you why when you put these products in the hands of just movie makers, people who don't care about the the the, uh, the source material. Right. This is what you get. You know, I like the, the biggest complaint for me about this movie was the lack of the real costumes. I would um, I, I agree. I agree there. I mean, the, oh, to I me, agree. like, the, Dare, the Daredevil costume itself was okay in this movie, right. but there's no reason why it couldn't have been more like the comic book. It, there's none. Uh, Electra's costume was basically, hey, look at this half-naked girl. <laughs> right. And and Bullseye's costume was like, why do you that need to... That wasn't a costume. That was it just was, right. It was close. And, 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 and let me ask you this. It's because <laughs> the scene where he goes, I want a freaking costume. And and then like he comes back, he's still wearing the same clothes. Yeah, was 100%. there any change? I actually was forgot it... the I I want a costume line, and I popped for it, 
and thinking that maybe there's a scene I forgot where he tries things on or he shows up with something different. And no, it, it doesn't you happen. You could have got a, la- a final fight scene with him and Bullseye in the church with Bullseye. A co- at least a full body spandex suit so he could like blend into the darkness. Like make him look you know what it sort is, of though? ninja. He's I feel an assassin. Like, I feel like this film, but most notably those costumes are heavily um, uh, influenced by things like Matrix and oh under, yeah, and yeah. Underworld. It's the leather. It's it's the like, it's the leather fetish. Yeah, the leather yeah. Fetish. yeah so, I, um, I mean the X Men movies. Yeah. The original X Men movie. It's definitely oh look, it worked for X Men, so let's just do it in Daredevil. Not only that, but don't forget the X Men movies commentary about silly spandex, right? Oh, yes. what do you expect? Do you think, Yellow you spandex? You know? No, well, well, right. And that, those, I, I totally understand why the X, the classic X Men costumes would have worked, but the classic Daredevil costume. It's yeah. basically the same costume they showed us, but with, like I was, I was when I when I was watching this movie again, the fact that he had like a pop collar on his yeah. costume, I'm yep. like, that's that's just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, and why, it's not why? it's not like um uh like flexible at all. It's no, like it's, really it looks very it looks very robust. It yeah, looks, it, it's it's a bit uh, too cumbersome. Yeah, immobile to use uh, that that thing. There. It co- I will say that it could have been redder, and that was even as a kid. That was always my complaint: is that it could have been redder. But I guess if I want to use my mental gymnastics, because I'm you know I'm an award winner in that, I could. I think they were probably trying to go for a ninja type style like where it's not it it you know they're trying to give you like in the light you see the red but when it's shrouded in shadows he's Is he's supposed to be a, like a, like a ninja like the scene where he saves the kid or when he fights the guy at the bar with all the bikers yeah where he's literally you could just see only you see like his chin right and he's like shrouded like like batman-esque so that's the only reason why i think that they were probably trying to go for it but i'm giving People with no passion, a little bit too much credit. <laughs> well, I, I, I of, of all three costumes, his is the one that gave me the least issues. But like Electra's, like you couldn't just put her in her classic red. At least you, yeah. you put her in like a it was like a black leather. Like it was basically look at this half naked girl. You know what I mean? Um, right. And then because just- Jennifer. Jennifer Garner was coming off the success of Alias for this movie. Yep. So it was like, yeah, she's always half naked in that show, so just put her half naked in this one. You know? They would go on to give her the classic red in her own movie, but by then it's seemingly too late. <laughs> I mean, she don't get me wrong. She I thought she looked great as the character even in that movie. Right. But man, that man, that movie was a train wreck. But somebody has to have the balls to give her the bandana, damn it. I I'm, I'm waiting for it. I've I've looked all over. They don't let her rock the bandana, man. The pirate, make it look like a pirate. Nah, it's 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 uh it's too too gang like, you know. Is that what the it bloods is? In the, the bloods in the crypts are gonna be all over it. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be terrible. No, that's hundred percent true. <laughs> let, let's get into this recap. Uh, for those unfamiliar with our recaps and reviews, I take notes as I write as I watch the film, summarize it the best I can, and we pause in between stuff to talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, so let's get into this full spoiler-filled recap and review of Daredevil Se- I was going to say season. <laughs> Daredevil 2003. Um, our film starts off with Daredevil suffering from near-fatal wounds, clutching the cross at top of a church. He uses his baton to uh, rappel down the building, but is too injured to move much further than the altar. A preach approaches him and recognizes him as Matthew before our protagonist has a flashback to the origins of his I mean, to the events of his origins. So I thought that was pretty cool to have Daredevil hugging that crucifix, you know, in the beginning of the film. I think it sets this gothic tone. And we also get those, um, it, it seemingly Braille opening credit sequence <laughs> and uh, the beginnings of the CGI that we'll, well that get was to the, see what there. was the difference between 
the opening scenes, right? Like the movie start, the, the theatrical starts with him hugging the cross. This one's the director's cut starts, you know, uh, post fight with Bullseye. Um, I, I think it was like, oh, well, it's the same. It's, that's the same moment. They were both the same moments. Yeah, the, the the director's cut no started with him hugging the cross after the um after the braille uh the braille, that braille opening, opening se- was really two thousandsy weird opening sequence. Oh and- man, I just I I don't know why, but if I was if I didn't like this movie, that would probably be one of the reasons why I wouldn't like the movie. It's like, damn, that opening is just kind of we we definitely don't see it. we definitely don't see a lot of superheroes in a church. Uh, Baroque. How important is it to uh, introduce the idea of like a church or religion with the character Matt Murdock? Oh my God, beyond important. I mean, uh, Daredevil's motivation for um, besides his the, the, his father getting murdered is that Catholic guilt. Yeah. So the, I love the fact that they start the movie with him hugging that cross because it it sets it sets the tone for the character. Right. Here is this guy who does who does the job when really I mean besides his enhanced senses has no superpowers right you know i i'd um that's part of me from getting ahead of myself but you know later on in the movie when you see all the 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 damage his body has taken from just him wanting to protect people it's it's very christ-like which is which is that catholic guilt he him just putting it on his back i'm gonna do this no matter what damage my body takes because that's what I've been tasked to do. Right. And, and, uh, and it's the right Catholic thing to do here. I am. I'm, I'm sacrificing myself. Um, no matter how much I have to give, it's not enough because that's not what Jesus did. Right. You know what I mean? Jesus, Jesus gave it all. So I'm going to give it my all no matter what. Yeah. So, I mean, it just sets the tone for this character perfectly to me. It's also, I believe a classic piece of art from one of the Daredevil comics from the Frank Miller run. Yes, yes. Um, and like you said, that Catholic guilt weighs so much on the character of Daredevil and Matt Murdock. It's very cool. Like I said, the things that they choose to introduce here, that's what I look at now more than ever. Now that I have, you know, this outlet of a podcast, and now that I read comics more than I ever have, I look at these movies as how are, how are they best informing new uh, watchers, new, um, you know, uh future readers how are they informing them to these characters and what choices are they you know uh choosing to make when it comes to these characterizations one of them is right here um when they go to the flashback we see that as a kid um in hell's kitchen matt was bullied for being the son of a washed up boxer but instead of battling jack that i know battling jack murdoch it's jack the devil murdoch because when he used to fight the devil would come out of him or something like that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They changed it up a bit. Yeah, but I like—I really like the the actor that plays his dad, um, David Keith, I think. Um, mm, yeah, I, I'm not sure of his name either, but yeah, he's 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 like a C or D list actor. But yeah. I I enjoy I enjoyed him as as a uh, Matt's dad. Yeah, he did, I thought thought he did a good job, um, conveying that emotion of you know I want to do the best I can for my son despite my own shortcomings. Right. Um. So uh, yeah, I thought it was a good relationship for the for that you know uh, what like ten fifteen minutes that he was basically there. Right, and this this sets Daredevil apart from everybody else because a lot of their parentage is pure, uh, pretty black and white and pretty idealistic. You know, um, uh, other superheroes might lose family members, but few of them were you know has a parent that's actually committing crime, <laughs> uh, which we'll yeah. find out a bit uh, what's going on with old uh, Jack the Devil. Um, one day, Matt goes to see his father at work at the docks, but the foreman says he hasn't worked there in quite a while. 
Confused, Matt goes for a walk and sees his father threatening someone for money. They lock eyes, Matt runs away, and in an accident is struck blind when chemicals enter his eye sockets. He wakes up in the hospital, terrified by his new incredibly heightened senses, like his hearing, which is which now provides echolocation. Um, his father apologizes and promises to clean up his act and uh, trains to return to boxing, and together they help each other persevere. What was that? Um, what was revisiting that ER scene like? Seeing young Matt um, reacting to, I guess, the terrifying nature of his new powers. I really like the way I, that kid okay. acted. Yeah, you know he yeah like I he wasn't giving me the over the top screaming and crying and like like you can tell when like certain things is just a little over the top because you know yes we're humans and things are gonna scare us. But that's not, you know, crying and screaming is not always that initial reaction to being surprised, being scared. Right. Sometimes it is heavy breathing, panting, panic attacks, and, you know, like, going, oh, 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 oh. So him just, like, falling to the floor. When he hits the floor, you see the echolocation, and then he gets scared from the van that's coming, and he's, like, crawling away into the corner, and he's he's making all the pantings, and he's, like having a panic attack and then you know the the shot where he's like standing out the window just listening to everything around him just like and you can hear it in the in the actor's voice it's, it's a real testament to that to the child actor there that he really sold being scared to me realistically in a way that I felt was realistic at least yeah um yeah well <laughs> one thing i i i I guess loved, but can also just see how it's dated is the whole, again, I think it was banking off of the, the X-Men success. Yeah. When, when the chemical hits his eyes and it does that whole, Oh yeah. I was thinking the same thing, you know, goes into his eyes and it does all that like DNA. The whole cornea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It just reminded me of the opening of the X-Men movies. Yeah. I was like, that's the thing. Like I was, I always felt like the, the, um, the accident, like the powers were like a a like latent side effect of all that stuff, but this scene makes it seem like as soon as they hit his eyes, they electrify like they they sparked the nerve. They gave him everything that he that like he needed. the X Men's opening when you see yeah. DNA going into other DNA and it's or like the Spider Man like, stuff. Wait, yeah, exactly. 100% right, Spider-Man. right, yeah, Spider-Man. it's all of that. It's all of that. So as soon as that happened, I just started laughing my butt off. It was <laughs> just like wow, they they loved doing this effect yeah you know what i mean um but yeah besides that when, when he does reawaken in, in the er I, I thought it was really well done it like i said it wasn't over the top it was it was very accepting it shows that like this is now his new normal and he's quick to recognize oh this is this is it this is this is what i have to adapt to and then quickly going into that whole scene with his dad where it's where his dad is saying, hey, look, I'm going to change my life. And, it, you know, you can kind of see in the kid's face like, well, I'm going to have to adjust my whole life because apparently now I have superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they both have big hills to climb. You know, um, Jack, yes. Jack had fallen into the bottle. He wasn't, you know, his 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 spry young self anymore. But they both they both end up being better. Matt gets in touch with his new abilities, starts calling himself the boy without fear. Um, even embarrassing the bullies who attacked him earlier. Uh, and, you know, uh, Jack is out there having fights. He's doing well. And before one of his fights, a mob boss, Fallon, shows up. I looked it up. He is a wholly original character for this film. Uh, oh, played played by... Hector Dan's. Salamanca. Uh, there you go. Your boy from Margo- Breaking Bad. Margolis, right? Um, Mark Margolis. Mark Margolis. Yes. Mark Margolis. And he's also who uh, Al Pacino shoots in New York in the car. And Scarface. Uh, 
Matt. Remember yeah, they, go, they were gonna yep. blow up the women and the children? Yep. Shoots them right in the passenger seat. That's right. Look at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> Dad, I told you, no women, no children. <laughs> no women, no children. Huh? Bro. Man had a code. This Man guy, had a code. This guy does it though, because he shows up and he tells uh old boy that he needs to do a dive in the next fight. And a try and um but uh homeboy's like, I'm trying to keep a promise to my son. So Jack refuses, he wins the fight, and his leader killed for it. Um, as Matt holds his dying father in his arms, he promises to protect those who need it. I couldn't help but think of Crime Alley as they pulled away, and you see little little Maddie there with um, old Jack. And you said that the writer of this movie, the writer-director of this movie, wrote Ghost Rider, right? Yes. Basically yep. copycat formula with the relationship with him and with uh, him and his Johnny problem. Blaze and his father. That's such a terrible comic book name, though. Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. <laughs> Johnny Blaze. That's oh, a, don't do that's, that. Come don't, on. I love. Listen, listen, listen. That's listen. his legal name. I, that's his legal that's name. His, that's, that's what's his, on his driver's license. His Johnny driver's Blaise. license is Jonathan Blaze. Mr. and Mrs. Blaze, the Blaze family. Yes. <laughs> the Blaze family. Happen. Hey, one of my one of my cousins. His last name is Vader. Okay. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's All also right, so German for father. Yeah. Um, All right, so Blaze is, is is American for let's get high. So let's go. No, I, I mean, that's, hey, like, that's it. Hey, that's that's also kind of... fun. I just think that's hilarious <laughs> that both the father and, and the, both the fathers and sons of both movies have like the same alcoholic once was what he isn't anymore type dynamic, but the son pushes the father to do better. As soon as the, the father wins something, he dies. Because that's what happens in Ghost Rider. Father makes the Doesn't jump. he explode? No, he, he made the oh, jump. Right. And as soon as he landed, the tire like... Like moves Gives around out and, and, and he, he breaks his neck. ends up on fire. Oh yeah, no, that, that was he broke dads. his yeah, on fire. Oh, he breaks his neck. He breaks his neck. Okay. The the bad these bad dads they just these, can't they can't get a, they dads. can't get a break. Um, we fast forward to seemingly present day where we see Matt sleeping in a deprivation tank. I'm not as well versed. Is this the first time we see something like this? I'll be honest with you. As far as I recall, it was, and I think it was very cool. Yeah, oh, I, mean, thought, I thought it was because it makes sense. I mean, if your if your senses are that enhanced, oh yeah, and you I can't mean, sleep. And you, I mean, you're right. How are you supposed to so, so sleep? So I dug the idea of him needing this to sleep because it does make sense. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. You know, so I, I was like, wow, this is this is actually for me. Like I said, I don't remember anything like this in the comic books. So them them at least addressing it in the movie as as you know, to almost it was because I mean, there's really no reason for it to be there, right? Except for hey, this is to shut everybody up about the idea of well, what well, well, he he can turn his powers on and off, right? No, he can't. Right. So how does he adjust to it? He sleeps in a deprivation tank. Yeah, I think it's a very cool idea. It made me think of Superman. Like you know, uh, there's a moment where he goes after fighting crime, which we'll get to, and he goes to bed and he can still hear people outside. You know, yes. I, that's got to be annoying. If you are, if you're trying, not annoying, we get me that has to stress you out if you're caring about the innocence of the city to constantly hear innocence, you know, being uh, attacked or, you know, um, well, right. Well, I mean, targeted. Well, the, com- the, the comedy of what you just said, though, is why is Superman going to sleep? He yeah. doesn't, he doesn't need to sleep. That's true. Whereas, I, like I said earlier, Daredevil, Matt Murdock is a man. The yep. dude needs to sleep. I ain't got a job. Right. What? <laughs> he got a job. He's got a job. He's got a job. He's, he's just a person. I mean, I think in that same scene, eventually when he wakes up and whatnot, again, you you see all the 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 the, the toll that has been taken on his body for what he does. Yeah. So it's, I mean, my man needs to go to sleep. 
Right, yeah. he pulls his tooth out. You see all the scars on him. Yeah, you know, like this dude needs his rest. A lot so... of puddle of mud in this in this movie, though. Puddle a lot of, of puddle of mud songs. Was that between puddle, puddle of mud? mud that was the first song that gets introduced to adult Matt Murdock when he, he wakes up out of the deprivation tank. That's puddle of mud. My so I'm an idiot, right? So I'm looking at I see him getting in the getting out of the deprivation tank, and I'm like, oh wow, that's a deprivation tank. And then he goes and blasts the music, and I'm like, why is he blasting the music? To can drown he, like, out the people. Can he like and... see? The, and I'm like, no, he can hear. He can still hear. So this is no, but what, maybe he would probably you know. <laughs> he would probably see like the 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 vibration, the sound right. wave vibrations, and that's probably what helps drown out hearing, you know, crime going on. Because this is the Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan, in the early two in the early two thousands. We know? see it. We see him get up and and get ready to be a there lawyer. There was so many great details of introducing us to him and how he has adjusted into the next 10, 15 years yeah, as like a blind man where he folds it. And... The way he folds his money, I actually used to do growing up because yeah. of this movie. I used to do the same thing <laughs> yeah. just for fun. But like he like he, he has like he has like a, his ties are like different. Like I don't know why. It just felt they like they all have different all his clothes have a different braille tag. That he yeah, can, and he's just uh... like you could just read him like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. Um, yeah, I, I I watched this uh, movie with my son the other day, and it was cool, to, like you just said, to see all those details, and even to point them out to my son. Like, do you understand why he's doing that? Do you know why he has it like this? And my son's like, no. And I'm like, well, he's folding it that way because he can't see it. Even with his powers, he still doesn't. It's just a rectangle to him. Yeah. So he has and to. He won't fold be able to read the actual certain... writing. Yeah. Right. He has to fold the ten a certain way. He has to fold the five a certain way. And and it, 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 I, uh, oh, and that was just another tone I love about this movie, you know, because my son was like how you said earlier with the whole crime alley thing. My son was like, oh, so this is kind of like Marvel's Batman. Right. And I said, yes, except Batman can always seem to figure out a plan and always seems even though he's just a dude, he, see, he feels like Superman all the damn time. Yeah. Daredevil is not. Daredevil is a man. He has these limitations. My man has to sleep. He has to adjust his life to his his uh, new his blindness um you know it, it, he's you you can see all the the limits on him it, i mean just the way everybody treats him he's a, he's yeah. a blind guy Every, yeah. everybody's initial perception like unlike bruce wayne where you see bruce wayne oh that guy's got his whole life paved off for me he's, he's rich whatever whatever yeah uh bruce bruce uh bruce, i mean Derek, matt murdoch is oh man he's this blind guy his father was killed his mother went missing and now he's uh and now he's a uh a blind lawyer, man, poor guy, poor guy. Poor you know Matt. what I mean? So, poor Maddie. And you know, you brought up something interesting with the comparison to Batman because as soon as you, you know, you said that, and I was like looking at it a little bit with what you were talking about, like, um, you know, the, uh, Batman always seems to have a way to get out of it. But not only that, Batman rarely shows any um, consequences. <laughs> he, he, they might exist, but he doesn't. Uh, in the wrestling term, sell them. Like he doesn't, you know, sell the effects of anything too much. Um, whereas in this, to to use a quote from uh, Daredevil season three, Matt Murdock in this in this movie, in comics, and in that show, is very much like the character of Job in the Bible, where all this stuff just keeps happening to him, and only through his faith is he able to persevere. And anybody else, given the amount of catastrophic things that have happened you'd question if they'd still have that faith but Matt Murdock still does even bloody even with bad knees even you know blind and that's crazy it takes a lot and, and that's that's what's what makes the character of Daredevil so so unique yeah um we yeah he 
He gets up for work at, at, uh, as a lawyer in a large but empty house and later in, in court fails at being able to convict the man for sexual and physical abuse of a bartender, even though he can tell he's lying because of his heartbeat. Um, that night, Matt dresses as his superhero alter ego. Uh, the I felt like that was very reminiscent of like Batman, um, whichever Batman it is where they show every part of him suiting up. With the wrist and the and the belt and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, that was I don't care that that, that was, was so cool. It was cool. I I thought so too. I thought so too. And you're right. It was it was reminiscent of all the Batman movies because from Batman, uh, the original Tim Burton Batman, all the way until Batman uh, and Robin. Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah Batman, it was Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah. They they did it all, but they got progressively worse. You know, the first <laughs> yeah. two bat the first two you know Michael Keaton Batmans. It Bat was very crotch. subtle. It was it, it was it was very subtle. Whereas once you got to Joel Schumacher, it was nipples and crotch and butt. It was yeah. just like whoa, 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 badass. Right, right. You know, um, so I thought it was very, it was a cool scene to see Derek because it, it also it's it, as as gratuitous as it might have been. It also lets you see because a lot of people don't know who the hell Daredevil is. Yeah. So it was cool to see him suit up because then you get an idea of. Oh, that's his billy club. That's what he can do with that. Oh, that's how he put that. Those he wears boots and he wears this like you know somewhat armored costume. And oh, he wears that his mask that that is obviously armored and it still has the red lenses even though he's 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 blind. You know, like all those little details you yeah. get about about this man's costume and and who Daredevil is now. I I I love that suit up scene. As cheesy as it might have been, I loved it. What I loved about the most was the that wire. The wire thing they had, and he's just flirting it around. Now listen, look, that was so that I I think that that shot looks fine. I think in context, him doing it with no one there is is him weird. Practicing, <laughs> we gotta practice. Wait, wait, but wait, I what understand. Wire? What wire? What wire? What when he takes about? it, when he takes the, one of the, 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 the sticks, yeah, one of the billy clubs, and he has like the wire on it, and he's like throwing the wire around. He does his like the ninchuck, body. the ninchuck thing with the with the billy oh, clubs, yeah, and well, has yeah, the no, wire. Come on, man, he's he's, he's stretching. That's his. Stretch. That's, 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 that's what it is. That's his bow flex. He's getting limber. That's it. It's a blind flex. There it is. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you gotta get it. You gotta get in crime fighting shape. Listen, that's that's what I'm saying, man. You got to make sure he's testing his, you know, he's testing his equipment. You know, they're basically <laughs> his handcuffs, his, his guns. You know, he's, yeah. gotta, he's making sure it's all the, the the magazines are loaded. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's making sure everything's good to go. <laughs> uh, he does a lot of like uh, web slinging in this, but I guess that's also from you know, that's from the 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 Spider Man of it all. But yeah, he goes to a motorcycle bar where he believes this guy is. I think this guy is Jose. Casada, I think that's what they named the criminal Jose Casada. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. that was one thing I loved about this movie is how right. many names they throw out there. Yeah. To, to pay homage to the crew, all the people who've worked on Daredevil. Yeah. You know, like in the beginning when the when uh who was it, Hector Salamanca is talking about all the boxers. Right. He, like he he mentions Mac Bendis Ramita. Um. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Ramita is one of the boxers fighting yeah. Jack. Yeah. Right, and all of those names are either artists or writers who've worked on Daredevil in the past. Yeah. So even Casada, Casada is was at the time it was Casada uh, was the artist with Kevin Smith. Yep. Um, for back in the nineties when 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 Daredevil really got to that huge resurgence. So and now and now Joe Casada is the editor in chief of Marvel, who is pretty much responsible for uh, Marvel's success of the last. 20 some odd years they wrote um guardian devil and that name actually gets dropped at the end of this film yes uh, it does which is interesting as well uh so where are we at okay so um 
he shows up. Uh, when he gets there, he attacks the man, and all the men open fire on him. Now, this is... I have a question. Because <laughs> this is an, a, a pretty impressive fight scene, even though there's a lot of, like, strobe lights. It gets kind of confusing at a certain point in time. Were all these men working for this guy, or are these just bikers in the bar that Matt kill, seemingly kills uh, in, in, in pursuit of Mr. Casada. I mean, you know, they, they obviously all are criminals, so they were like, oh, man, this guy's coming to arrest us, so everybody team up on him, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so it's classic, classic you know, late I could have sworn that they 2000s. were all just uh, Kingpin guys. Were they? I mean, I know Kingpin got him out of prison. Yeah, That's so I'm assuming that that bar or... was a Kingpin bar with uh, henchmen that Kingpin uses to do something or other. Hey, yeah. hey, maybe it was the bar with no name. There you yeah, go. It's a bar with no name. They did not name it. They didn't name it, so it could be. Well, no, because, I mean, you guys know the bar with no name in the comics. Yes, that's where the... Uh... It's, you know, where, where all the villains hang out. So, I mean, yep. a, a guy coming in looking to take down one of them, he might be coming in to take down all of them. So, hey, yeah. you know, for, for all we know, those guys were, you know, Scorpion and Rhino and, you know, all those guys without their costumes on, you know what I mean? Exactly, so, chilling. They can't afford chill. some rando in a leather motorcycle outfit coming in there throwing things at them. Exactly, you, know, you can't take any chances. But uh, I, I enjoyed that action scene. I thought it was pretty well done. And again, I love the fact that if you if you watch it carefully, D- Daredevil takes his hits. Yes. he's not he's not perfect. Right. You know, he gets kicked a couple times. I think a bullet grazes him. Yep. You know, he gets punched. You know, so th- this guy isn't Superman. He's not Batman. He's not even Spider Man. He's he's coming in there with with a job to do, and he's he's gonna take some hits. They also established that his superpower, which would give him the edge, is valuable. People can, with loud noises, distract him. Mm-hmm. So even even the, the greatest thing that keeps him a step ahead of his enemies is something that you can sabotage or tamper right. with. Um, they uh, He chases the man on foot to the, the train station. And the confrontation ends with our hero letting the man be killed by the local sea train, which is uh, right here by my house. So uh, that, uh, that felt good. A, local, <laughs> a, a nice local reference for this murder. Oh, that was great. Aww. That for, was great for this murder of remember like murdering fools. But although, 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 I mean, the line he drops on them is so bad. Yeah, that's not that's, that's not, that not heaven. Into the tunnel It's not heaven. That's, that's the C train. It's, it's like, the oh, sea train. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty damn cheesy. My man let someone die. Yeah, he legit just let someone. He straight. I up, mean, he pushed he him onto the tracks. I think he killed him. Well, no, well, I mean, the guy was about to shoot him in the head. It's true, and Daredevil, that is true. As well. You know, re- just responds by by defending himself, and the guy falls on the tracks. Yes, he then doesn't bother with getting him off the tracks. Yeah, in true Batman yeah. fashion, right? He doesn't. He, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> and well, exactly, exactly. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind that because, um, again, Daredevil. This is Daredevil. Yeah. Um, he has shown that in his comics over the years that he would allow people to die, you know, um, and and even in allowing them to die, that Catholic guilt comes out of, well, I, I allowed them to die, but should I have allowed them to die? How many people did I say even allowing them to die? You know what I mean? So and even in this movie, it does come back later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, he deserved it. He was kind of being really slimy about that whole incident. Uh, and getting away, so yeah, screw him. Uh, yeah, exactly. When the comics arrived, uh, Ben Urich, who is also in the comics, a reporter mm-hmm. who believes in vigilantes, shows uh, them that Daredevil has left his calling card: two D's written in gasoline. Um, Which uh, did he go? Did he leave 
to come back and get gasoline, or does that man just carry Punisher gasoline? Punisher does that first, the... right? Or does a Daredevil do that first? Is it Daredevil then Punisher then Batman? Batman does it in uh in Dark Knight Rises. Yes, and Punisher, Punisher does, does it in, it in the in Punisher film, movie which I think a year later. 2000, yeah, four two thousand four. So yeah, I guess Daredevil was the first. No, The Crow. Yeah. Oh, I would count yeah. the I would count the crows yeah. as first as the, hey, he, he is a comic book character. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah, so that's is. why I would count the crows. So that's where first. it comes from. Okay, okay. I was wondering about that. I'm like, these are no, pretty elaborate honestly, set pieces. If, if we didn't bring it up while we were originally talking about it, but I would say that that the crow has a lot more blueprint to that biker heavy metal yeah. superhero stuff Leather that we got. Aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, like the crow was basically without the crow, we wouldn't get like a oh, what was that Dark Man. I mean, the crow. Ooh. I could totally see you know, the crow. Uh, you know that deep cut, Alex. I could see the. Oh yeah, I do. The, Liam Neeson, baby. Yeah. Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, baby. I could totally see the crow being an archetype for the antihero. Yeah. You know, when Hollywood didn't know how to crack it, and then you make the crow, and it becomes a. I cult mean, he came out classic. with long hair and a duster. Like, that's that's straight antihero. Well, the uh, we get the duster in this. He's about to come from Ireland. Just give me a second. He's, he's oh, that's way. right. Farrell <laughs> does get the duster. Farrell does yep. have the duster. He is on his way. Um, Matt Murdock arrives back home incredibly injured but satisfied uh, and goes back to bed uh, in a matter that makes you feel like he's done this a million times before. Um, and we were just talking about him taking the shower, the blood on him, the damage to his knees. Well, I didn't write down when I took these notes, because I couldn't honestly understand what was happening, is this at this moment, he seemingly can hear somebody and then has some sort of premonition about events that are happening that's going to take place with um, a woman that Coolio gets accused of killing uh, later on in the film. Did you gentlemen see this moment where I, this woman I, is on the I floor? I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah, was it was. Weird. It was. Yeah, this is definitely a part of the director's cut. I'm pretty sure yes. this wasn't in the original cut. And honestly, I can um, see why. Honestly, in some ways, it's like, all right, this is a little bit like. If it was any other scene, I wouldn't mind a runtime of two hours and fifteen minutes. But that scene felt a little like, okay, little, I, I can see why it field. got left on the on the chopping floor. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't know. I I. It sets up the scenes later because what it is is it's. This woman is being murdered. Yes. But again, like I, again, uh, Matt Murdock is human. Right. Um, he's exhausted. He's already taken his licks for the night. He hears something going on, but he's like, "Man, I got to go to sleep." Yeah. Um, but you you get to see this woman in this scene being murdered in a, in an attempt to cover up what later on will become a very significant scene. Yes. And a plot and a, and a, and a significant plot point, in my opinion, for the director's cut, because in the original movie, if I can get way ahead of myself, sure. The, the way, the way the Kingpin gets resolved always didn't make sense to me. Like, okay, why in this movie is now he suddenly being arrested? Like okay. what have they, what have they tied to this man that determines that he should now be in trouble? Right. You, you're you're relying on this vigilante who just beat the crap out of this guy in his office. Oh man, Daredevil just beat him up, so that must mean he's a bad guy. Right. No, that's a Batman movie. That's a that's a Batman comic book. Right. This yeah. you know Daredevil's foundation is is all about really law and how even despite him wearing the costume, he has to follow the law. The this plot point coming around in in the in the director's cut. I, I as I was watching, I'm like, thank God that you need this plot point to better understand why it is that. The kingpin is now being arrested. It, yeah. it makes better sense to me. It I, makes better sense. I also think it adds, um, you know, it adds, it, it gives Yurik more to do. And, you know, the paper 
and Yurik have always represented the people of Hell's Kitchen, um, whether it be in comics or whether it be in the television show. And so the, to be able to out him because of actual substantial evidence, using the newspaper, like doing everything through through due, uh, due process, you know, that was that's, and that's a right very daredevil this. tone. Yeah. It's a very Matt Murdock tone. So yeah. like you can see it's crazy how you can like it's like when you you eat someone's cooking and it's not bad. It's not bad cooking, but it's right. like it's still not that quite enjoyable. Right. But you finish the whole plate anyways. That's what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, this movie is not bad cooking. You would go for seconds because you're a little hungry, but it's still not. What you know? It could be better. Well, let me let me tell you about the moment where this made me burp. Oh, here uh, we go. Oh, <laughs> Dan. God. Oh, no. We have, <laughs> Alex, you about missed the conversation moment. we had today. Me and, me and Dan had a little bit of this conversation off air because I had to talk to Dan about it. But we're going to talk about it in its full glory because okay. this is how I wrote this. <clears throat> oh, Matt and his friend Foggy go out for coffee and talk about clients when a gorgeous woman walks into the cafe. Matt uses his blindness to break the ice. And when that doesn't work, he stalks her. He grabs her hand in public. He fits fights her in front of a bunch of kids, and he thinks all of this is flirting. B Roke, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I know. And uh, in the current Me Too movement, this whole scene—it's <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah, it would not. I—I'll I'll be honest with you. Even rewatching it, I liked it because it was so bad. Right. It was good. Right. But don't get me wrong. I recognize how this is just bad. Um, like I said, in the, in the current Me Too movement, this would not fly. Like, this scene would be uh, lampooned. It would right. be, you know, like, in pre-production, people would have been, like, talking about how cancel this movie. <laughs> right. How dare they have something like this. Like, this man is obviously harassing her. Right. And, and, it, ends, and it ends with the man looking like he's cute. And, and he gets a number, like, he, he gets a date wanted. with her. He got what he wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? He accosted Whereas, her and got what he wanted. Yeah. Whereas realistically, it'd have been like, "Hey, blind guy, you're under arrest." <laughs> yes, uh, <Yeah. laughs> he's blind. Come on, I went. I blind. went because it, because I wasn't sure if those that would be listening to this would actually go back and watch it just to make sure that you guys got on the full on creepiness of all of this. I wrote down the dialogue that takes place before this fight. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> all right. So Electra says, "Electra sees that Electra sees do that it. he's following him. Uh, she turns a corner in a park." She sees that he's following him, and she says, what do you want? Matt says, I just wanted your name. I didn't want any trouble. Electra says, look, I don't like being followed, so don't. Which is the common, polite way to say, leave me the hell alone. Yes. As she goes to walk away, Matt Murdock says, and I quote, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second, take it easy, and grabs her by the wrist. But you, you have don't to go do in the context. The tone of his. Kept but you it. do not do that in any context. You don't even do that to a waitress. You don't say, "Hey, hey, take it easy and grab a waitress." No, but he, I know, I know. But you have it in all caps written there. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, take it easy." Take it. He was being disarming. Oh, if he would have added a honey to that, that's all that was needed. Oh, yeah, right? all you need take it honey easy, to honey. Take Let's see a smile. Why did you smile? You look yeah, better when you smile. smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he grabs her, and then she says, I don't like being touched. Which is the proper response. Which is another. This is the second uh, uh, warning of, like, can you please leave me alone? And she tries to defend herself. She doesn't hit him, but she tries to, like, do, like, a little arm wrenchy thing. And he spins that all around and says, why don't you tell me what you do like, and we'll start there. Duh. Whoa. That's a lie. <laughs> so bad. That's a so lie. Bad. Oh, That's so much. But it impresses her. And um, 
<laughs> uh, she wins their exchange and she gives her name Electra Nachios, daughter of the very rich businessman Nikolai Nachios, um, who sends a bodyguard to pick her up. So yeah, there there's that there. Um, it goes it ranks right up there with that Catwoman basketball scene. I don't know why they thought that people could have romantic scenes in parks near with children. Kids, yeah. And that the children would like root, like <laughs> get invested and start rooting on these crazy. I mean, at least it's not, you know, Alicia Silverstone and Chris O'Donnell having a motorcycle race. Mo- motorcycle romance. <laughs> with, with Dutch angle tilts. Every damn cut. Uh, motorcycle. Every cut. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, that was a lot. No, yeah. Honestly, of all three of those scenes, at least this one, I thought was well choreographed, especially for the time. I yeah. mean, because Jennifer Garner, you know, is bringing in her alias um, uh, training because yeah. she, she did a lot of her own action scenes in Alias. And I think she did most of them herself in this movie. And uh, Ben Affleck, I think, did, did part of it, too. So to me, it looked fairly good. Whereas, yes. like, when Halle Berry's doing the basketball stuff, it was like, whoa, what, oh my the, God. Hell are you, and... what the hell are you doing? It was also cut to ribbons. First of all, she was traveling. There was a point yeah, where she, she was li- traveling. I think she was double dribbling. There was a point where she's shaking her butt with holding the ball and then starts dribbling again. That's a discontinue. We don't call like, fouls exactly. in, in, it, it was, in sexy was, basketball. We don't call fouls in sexy basketball. In sexy basketball, we don't call fouls. <laughs> you know, uh, and then the whole Alicia Silverstone uh, motorcycle nonsense was nonsense. Yeah, so, yeah. Like you said, the, the angles they shot it at and the fact that it was just like, well, we both could have died. Yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> oh it was so bad. They were like, oh, we're so, hanging off the cliff. Although, yeah, yeah, exactly. Although exactly, I, exactly. I do it's, think whereas, it's yeah, – go ahead, huh? brother. No, go ahead. No, exactly. Whereas at least in this one, you know, if you if you would have changed the dialogue to fit, you know, just uh, – not even modern times, but just to make it not so creepy. <laughs> right. It, 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 it could have been a, a totally – fun scene of of because i mean he does acknowledge that there it 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 is like a fun sparring session because he says to her he's like he's like stop trying to hit me yeah or stop hitting me or something like that like acknowledging hey like you're going easy on me yeah he says you're holding back and she says yes he says don't right 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 yeah you know what i mean so it's um in in that manner, I like the fact that it introduces the aspect of okay, this is more than just a pretty face. Yeah, this is a girl who knows how to handle herself. You know I, what I mean? Because I would have done without the without the green eyes, the actual green green eyes. What uh, do you mean? I did you have you so Electra in this movie for some reason has like CGI level green eyes, like yeah. green green yeah. eyes. I don't know why. I that's never canonically been a thing. But they make it a point to make her eyes emerald green and like that they glow in most of these shots. So I felt like that was a little weird. But besides that, pretty face, kicking ass. The only thing I feel like they didn't really think this through because if she would have won, she would have beat up a blind man. And if he would have won, she would, he would have beat up a woman. And I don't think it, either one. Nobody wins here. <laughs> Nobody wins Nobody in a fight wins. like that. But, you know uh, who did win? Matt Murdock. Matt got, got that, that date. He got that, that date. He got her name. And she's going to find him, uh, which is what she said. Um, we then see yeah. That. Well, I think in the comic books, I'm I'm pretty sure she has green eyes. Green eyes? She might. Yeah. She might. I got yeah. I got to check into that. I'm 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 fairly I'm fairly because I like I said in the 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 classic Frank Miller stories, and um, I even read the Electra story that was beautifully drawn by Mike Diodato back in the day. I don't remember who wrote it because honestly, the art was really what got you over. And then I read a like I said a good chunk of her up and through. Dark Rain. I even loved when she was uh, Dark was 
was when she was um, Wolverine's mentor when he was trying to gain back his humanity and his nose. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost his nose for a little bit there. Come on, man. That's exactly said, what happened, I said bro. Humanity. I said <laughs> That's exactly what happened there, bro. He lost a little bit of his nose. You and you, but you're right. I just looked it up. Canonically, she has green eyes. Yes. So, so yeah. I think I think that's what I think they were just trying to because one thing I just from the mentioning of all the um, creators behind Daredevil, I did love the fact that the, like the whether it was the director or the producers, they really wanted to show, hey, man, we're 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 trying to pay homage to um, to the comic books. Yes. Whether it was making those details right, mentioning all the names of creators. I mean, you know, uh, I, I believe Frank Miller himself shows up in this movie. Yeah. You know, Stan Stan Lee has a great uh, appearance in the movie. Yep, yep. Um, you know, Kevin Smith, the former writer of 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 this, I believe, like a two or three other people randomly who who have worked on Daredevil in the past show up in this movie as well. So I I, I, I dig that. I dig those how precise they wanted to be with the the character for 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 the most part. I mean, other things they changed, but you know, some things that they kept in and just you know recognized in the movie. I like I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Frank Miller is one of the ones that gets killed or shot or something by uh something. He's because he's even credited in the credits. Yeah, yeah, he has to be man. You know they're gonna do Electra. He has to be in the damn the damn credits. Right, right. Um, so we we get our our first look at our villain. We've been uh almost of half an hour in, and uh we get our first look at our, one of our main villains. We see the headquarters for Fist Corp. We hear uh Nerd's lap dance of all songs to introduce this big. Bad uh, Michael Clark Duncan as the kingpin of crime, Wilson Fisk himself, uh, who decides to kill his bodyguards just in case they were feeding info to the papers. Um, Na- Nicola Nachios meets with Fisk uh, to tell him he's out because the trail is getting hot due to the newspapers knowing about kingpin. In retaliation, Fisk creates a paper trail that can uh, lead back to Nikolai and orders the assassin, Bullseye, to come to New York. Dan, what did you think of this first appearance of michael clark duncan as wilson fisk aka the kingpin uh growing up it was one of those confusing things because i did grow up on the 90s spider-man cartoon yeah so i am very very affluent with kingpin i know wilson fisk so that man was he was no wilson fisk and it has nothing to do with what certain people are thinking and it ain't that so don't think of that right right he just didn't have he didn't have the crime boss mannerisms of wilson fisk it, uh, it, it seemed like it was Michael Clark Duncan just playing a normal and any kind of position of power role. But I didn't feel like Michael Clark Duncan was playing a man that is supposed to control like every cop in, a, in, in the tri-state area. Like this is the man that, that literally hires assassins to kill superheroes. Like, yeah. you know, this is the kingpin. He gets arrested. He's not even seeing the, the, the jail. Right. They'll let him out at the corner and say, don't worry, Mr. Fisk, we got you. Like, right. you know, like this is the kingpin. He didn't have any of that kingpin power. He didn't feel in charge to where even uh, a Bullseye breaks into his own office. And for the rest of that scene, he's not even sitting in his chair. Uh, if this was if this was really Kingpin, Kingpin would have thrown that man out his chair. Like, I don't care who you are, what I'm paying you to do, and who I have a problem with. You're not sitting in my chair. Those are interesting points, uh, B Roke. I I from the beginning, I dug Michael Clark Duncan being the Kingpin. Okay. Um he he has the size and he even put on more weight for this role. 
to 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 further add to that girth. Um, I I thought he looked great because I I really for, again for the time period could not picture someone else playing the role. Um, maybe yeah. someone else maybe someone else could have performed it better. But yeah. they would have been they would have been half the size. No, you yeah, we don't I mean? have anybody of that of that size in two thousand three. I can't think of one actor that that could have done better than Michael Clark Duncan. Like yeah. he didn't do a bad job, and I definitely can't see anybody else at that time who we had. We had no fat you know, actors. And, right. So, um, I dug it. I did see. I mean, that whole scene where he kills his two bodyguards. Yeah. I can see why they left it on the chopping room floor, especially with the way they edited it. It was terrible. He he, he, <laughs> yeah. he kills he kills the two bodyguards because obviously he believes you know one of them was was leaking information. Yeah. Um, but he does it in clear sight of of the guy he's trying to do business with. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, that's definitely not a kingpin thing. Um, that would that was just too sloppy of him to to do it like that. I definitely you know I I definitely believe he's someone to barehandedly kill people like that. I mean. What's his name in the in the show? Um, D'Onofrio. Bro, D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Oh man, with a car D- door. D'Onofrio, D- D- you know, uh, decapitates someone with with a car door, and then tells just tells Wesley, "Hey man, go go take care of this body." Right, right. You know, so so I it's definitely a character, but again, he did it in, in at night <laughs> underneath underneath the uh, the bridge, right, with no one around. This yeah. guy does it in broad daylight with with one of his business partners in the next room <laughs> so so it was that that was a bit goofy so i can see why they cut that out yeah but besides that i mean the how imposing and the the way he delivers certain lines when 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 um you know the the nachos is trying to get out of business with him and he's just like well how's your daughter yeah yeah. You know that was so like yes that that to me is Wilson Fisk like no, okay he you're had not a delivery do, of it yeah he had a you good know delivery. You, you're not you're not going to do business with me so guess what I'm going to bring up some stuff <laughs> that imposing nature of Michael Clark Duncan um, it really speaks a lot for that character of Wilson Fisk and he was actually about two ninety when he started the movie and they wanted him to put on thirty pounds just to uh, you know just to be even more uh, imposing in general. And as far mm-hmm. as that thing that you were talking about, Dan, of people might be guessing as to why you may not like the Wilson Fisk character, I'll, I have a little, a two little bit of tidbits that you might uh, be interested in. First and foremost, when Kingpin was originally uh, constructed, when the idea of having this character was originally constructed, they thought about making him African American. But this, th- when his debut was set to be happen, was around the Civil Rights Movement. So the idea of making an African American villain, the Kingpin of Crime. Felt a little bit distasteful. Kingpin was originally supposed to be black. Right. right. Now that's um, awesome. They tried out white wrestlers for this 2003 uh, film, and supposedly all their screen tests were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, I bet they probably they probably sounded like they were they were you know cutting promos. Well, let me tell you something, Murdoch. Right. 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 (laughs) When I get you in the steel cage, dude. Too much pride will kill a man, brother. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe what? Maybe like uh, Vader. Maybe right. Vader could have could have played him. Maybe that was one of the people they screen tested, and, <laughs> right. and I would not have wanted to see Vader being Kingpin. Yeah, they would have to get someone like Big Show, Butterbean. What's he that? Oh, Butterbean. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, that's oh, a my God. that's a old that's a old reference. But wow. yeah, but but yeah, you know they 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 tried at different levels, but then they you know Michael Clark Duncan was a celebrated actor at the time, um, and I do think that he has. Uh, uh, flares of Wilson Fisk definitely. I kind of wish they would have put him in the white suit eventually. I think he kills whatever suit he's in. I think he fills those out really nicely as a big, imposing figure. 
Mm-hmm. Always chomping on them cigars. Killing it. Uh, Always drinking martinis. I do love the shots of him standing in his suit holding the cane yeah. outside the window just staring at style. New York. The man got style. That, but but that, that stature right there, like that, the, the, the way he stands staring yeah. out the window of his building, that is very Kingpin to me. Yeah. Because there's a lot of scenes from the Spider-Man cartoon where Kingpin is literally talking to um, Tombstone or whatever his name is from. Uh, uh, Alistair, Alistair Smythe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's literally talking to him while staring out the window. Yep, right. Just staring out a window like, bring me the Spider-Man. While staring <laughs> out a window. Yeah, he did have some kind of weird accent. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, but somebody using his real birth accent for the first time in a feature film, we see Conan Farrell as Bullseye in an Irish pub fleecing the people at a game of darts when he gets the phone call from Kingpin that he's getting brought in. When one of these people calls him an Irish piece of trash, he uses a paperclip in sections to kill the patron. Which I don't understand how that happens. I think if he was skinnier, it would you would have understood better. But it kind of looked like a fat guy getting stabbed in his second chin, and it, it was no. That's weird. what I'm saying. Like he looked like he had a bit of like you know a blockage there. I'm skinny. If that happened to me right here, yeah, yeah I'm dead. It'd I am. Rap. That man had some, you know, like, protection. He also didn't have to break it, right? He could have just made it long and shot it long, long ways. But how did he even... The, the, my my thing that I find so comical, and I, I can't help but laugh at it, is that when he's doing it, you hear, like, it sounds like he's, like, bending breaking... The, like, bending the metal, But yeah. it sounds like tink, it's tink, scissors tink. cutting metal. Like, And you're just like, what the hell is he doing? Top of the morning to you, then. All right? Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Um, have you ever seen this, uh, uh, Bullseye, this explicitly Irish, uh, Baroque? No. 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 Um, and it <laughs> no. was, no. don't get me wrong, I, I, I was excited when they casted Colin Farrell. I was, uh, I mean, I was huge. I was one of those guys who was a big Colin Farrell fan. Right. I, I dugged him when he, when he made his debut in, um, I'm trying to think of the movies he was out back then. Dan, Cause the, the, you know, thing. I'm trying to. I, I can't. I, I'm um, thinking of the later movies, like when like phone booth and stuff like that. But he did. Con- oh, in Minority Report, I love them in Minority Report. Yes. Ah. Um, yeah, bad guy basically, the one chasing down um, Tom Cruise. Well, he was the bad guy, but then he wasn't the bad guy. He was just somebody trying to do his you job. Just, but anyway, you just, you just blew but anyway, mind no, no, right so now. with regards to with regards to this movie, yeah, the the fact that they made him so blatantly freaking Irish was just like why? Uh, <laughs> to me, there was no there was no reason for it except except to allow Colin Farrell to be bad and be natural. Yeah. Um, this be, man but did besides the recruit, that, Daredevil like, and SWAT in the same year. Oh, I like SWAT. I, I dug SWAT with Samuel L. Jackson, and yeah. and what's his name is in that too? Uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yep, in that. Hawkeye's yep. in yes, that. he is. You know, um, so I dug. Yeah, so I was excited to see him because I liked him in so many other movies. But then just, I was like, okay, you get to be your Irish self, but you're you're this. In my in my opinion, you're you're like um, the extreme '90s version of Dare, of, of Bullseye. Yeah, and we're gonna give you this crazy Bullseye tattoo on your head for no reason. Yep, for no reason. Um, so you can point at gonna, it. So you can point that angle. Ah, bullseye. Ah, bullseye. Ah, bullseye. Ah, don't you get you it? Know what I mean, like get, he might it, as well just say, "Get it, waka waka." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Get it. It was so. It was so corny. Right. So um, I, I would have much preferred in that scene had he just used the dart. Yeah. You know, like as he as he's getting his bullseyes, and then the guy goes, "Ah, you dirty Irish bastard!" If you had just thrown a dart in his neck, like yeah. okay, that would have made more sense than 
the paperclip. Paperclip. Like it was, it was so just so cheesy. Yeah, and there's only like five of them. How do you die from only like five of them going into your neck? Exactly. Right. Not even his neck. It went into his fat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? That guy should have just pulled them. That guy should have just pulled them out and been like, oh. Somebody get me a Band-Aid. Very inconvenient, mate. I'm leaking. I'm leaking all I'm, over I'm, the bar. I'm leaking. I, I give, me, give me a Band-Aid. Oh, we just isolated all of our Irish fans right I want to say I love all our Irish listeners. All <laughs> our Irish I listeners love. just turned us which off. Is why, which is why we wanted a better Irish interpretation if they were going to do something like this. It's what you, what Cause, cause the, worst, the worst part about it is Bendis had to turn around and in his beautiful run on Daredevil, um, he had to... Except the fact that okay, Bullseye looks like this, so I have to make him look like this in the comic books, right? Because that Bullseye shows up in his run yep. of Daredevil. Yep, on the forehead. Yep, uh, with the forehead and the long jacket, it was just like, mm-hmm. whoa, why are you doing this? Oh, because of the because uh, of the Bullseye, because of the Daredevil movie. That damn synergy, bro. They will right. It will pull things down. Um, yes. Let's talk about a, a bigger plot point that was seemingly removed. Uh, Matt and Foggy see a client, Dante Jackson, played by the one and only Coolio. Who is convicted of killing a prostitute, but he says that he passed out because he smoked too much weed and he can't remember at the events of the night. But after hearing his heartbeat, Matt believes he's innocent. Uh, so Matt breaks into the deceased woman's house illegally and <laughs> notices that he can smell ammonia on the ground and finds traces of a note left that says MOM68. Um, and then... I, and then tell me if I if I didn't give this scene enough credit. Meanwhile, Bullseye kills an old woman with airline peanuts. Do you guys I, want to talk I, more about I, that? I don't even. I don't even. Man, that seems too messed up for me. That seems too messed up for me. Is talk she about. dead? She died. He. Cho- it may seem like she was she snoring. Killed he killed her. He it, made her choke on peanuts. It may seem yeah. like she was snoring. Well, I mean that's just a nah. bad acting, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think he killed. Her. Honestly, I like that scene because to me. That at least shows how villainous he is. Uh, yeah. I mean, Whereas, I guess yeah, it, it gives us a clue of who Dared, uh, not Dared, uh, who Bullseye is. But still, it was so messed speaking up. Speaking of problematic, did you hear what she was talking about? Her her gay kid, her, her gay mulatto, grand. half her half yeah. black, half white, something like relative that must have yeah. a little bit of cream in his coffee. <laughs> I was like, "This is what is she? She's getting on some race based stuff here, and my boy ain't having it." So yeah, kills that woman. Oh, uh, peanut. He killed that poor woman. At, killed at, that poor woman. At Jackson's hearing, Matt gives a spirited defense. And again, let, let me know if I'm getting this wrong. Uh, gives a spirited defense. And then him and Foggy overplay his blindness for sympathy. Did you see that scene? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. And then they even chat about it. I love that scene. I Dan, love are it. you aware of this? Yes. And it's, it's comical as it is comical as all hell. It is just absolutely like there's there is these are one of the few moments of the movie where I'm just like, you guys would just have no idea what you were trying to go for. And I'm just having fun watching you fail. Yeah, this they, is entertaining. Like, they I love that at one point Matt's like he's doing a he's doing a testimony at the wall. And he's like, you see, that's what Dante felt like talking to a wall. And the and the uh, judge goes, Matt, is this testimony going to have a two drink minimum? And I was like, that's a good fucking line there. Like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I dug that because, again, it, it shows that there's more to uh, Matt Murdock than him just being Daredevil. Yeah. He is a lawyer. He yeah. he understand like, as, as I, I guess as poorly as they pu- pulled it off, yeah. it shows that he understands what he's doing. 
Yes. He this is what this is what he has to play to because look, I mean, if you remember earlier in the movie, you know, um, John Favreau again. Oh my god, we could talk so much about John Favreau. He's Foggy amazing. Nelson. He's amazing. Foggy Nelson. John and, Favreau and, is and, Foggy Nelson. And to me, this this all sets up for him to eventually become director of Iron Man. No, anyway. not only that, those conversations with Matt so much informed the conversations between Happy and Tony. Like the weird bickering, yes. the weird silly yes. bickering over silly things. Yeah. Yes, is, you're is right, right. Is right. I mean, there that whole that. the whole mustard scene. Yeah, was great. Was yeah. great. Um, but but in this scene, the whole bantering back and forth, and like I mean, what I was saying was with Foggy, where they're talking about, look, man, we're getting paid with with fish. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So they're used to dealing with the the um the the low not the low of the low but the low income clientele like we're yeah. here to save people anybody because no because you know the crime bosses and all these people are taking advantage of the people so he understands look in order for me to win cases i have to play to my blindness i have to have these funny theatrics because that's how he has to do it so i i like that they put this in the movie because it just it adds it gives it gives him so many more dimensions to his character yeah and one of the things that they keep making a point to say is that if you're a lawyer, there's no money in defending the innocent because the people who have the real money for you are the guilty who have been who have done something obviously horrible in the sake of no, more money. No, yeah, especially because they're they're uh, they're public defenders. Yeah. Now, oh, sorry. Now it's private practice. Now right. they now they finally have Nelson and Murdoch private practice. You right. know, avocados at law. But um, <laughs> avocados, avocados at law. But um, but yeah, like when you're a public defender, and me and you, I. I don't know, Alex, if you've seen um, Better Call Saul at all. Yes. Okay, so then you, then we all three of us know that when Jimmy w- would take public defender cases, he's only getting a $700 check each defendant. To right. where when he defended three people at once, he thought he was it was seven hundred it was gonna be seven hundred dollars yeah. each person and it ended up being seven hundred dollars a case. Right. And he took right. all cases at once. So public defenders really make no money, and especially since these guys are private practice and it goes especially in the show too, it shows that they're more pro bono work. Matt does a lot the, of pro bono. They did that work. also in the in the television show as well. Remember they would yeah, get no, like that's what delivery I'm packages. Of stuff that's like this is how they paid. They paid in chickens or whatever. Yeah, or something you know? like that. They were like <laughs> paying them in like food, like frozen food and stuff. Yeah, they paid. They paid in whatever they can. Um, and the fact that Matt chooses that over a uh, you know a, a more lofty job shows you um, his character as a you know yeah, as it's a character. Not about, it's not about the money. It's the defense of it all. Yeah. Um, while Matt can tell that the prosecution is telling the truth, oh, Matt can tell that the prosecution is telling the truth, which is confusing because he knows Dante is too. While walking at night, Electra sneaks up behind Matt, and he gives her, um, it uh, brings her to a roof to get a view of the city. I love how she says something along the lines of, "Oh my God, this is beautiful," and he's like, "Yeah, I know." And I'm like, "You just told that to a blind man. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't rub it in." Uh, they talk about her mother and the necklace she gave Electra, and she turns to leave, but he tells her to wait because it's about to rain. It does, and the sounds of the drops allow him to see her face. Um, he tells her she's beautiful and they share a kiss in the rain, which is interrupted when Matt hears crime going on nearby. This is, this is this movie's, um, upside down kiss moment. I feel like, I feel like this is one Mm -hmm. of the biggest moments of the movie. People remember this, um, this rain scene, uh, D broke. Do you, uh, B broke. I said D broke. B broke. (laughs) It's all the double D's. Uh, do you think this, uh, scene holds up? I do. I, I, maybe, maybe it's cheesy, but I really 
like that scene. Um, it's and I, honestly, for 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 early two thousand CGI, it still holds up. That that whole the way they use the rain to have Jennifer Garner's face appear, I thought it it looks good. It's yeah. it's a it's a beautiful scene. Um, I liked the way the characters are now building this re- relationship, even though it's founded upon uh, harassment. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, Apparently. And, and and the the whole idea of Matt again, like that Catholic guilt, that that um that need for justice, overrides his his uh his erection. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's like, no, you know, I gotta go take care of justice. Uh, you're gorgeous, and we just had this uh, unbelievable connection, but I gotta go. Mm. So um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I it's a it's a fun scene and leads to the furthering of the relationship, making it more believable later on. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Dan, are, do you have a big soft spot for that scene, that kiss in the rain? I really like the the editing of it. Like the whole design of it was really cool. It's like I I, I get what they're like. You what you see is when it drops is like it does the sonar. Like every single raindrop. Yeah. When it hits Electra's face, you see these little like uh, ripple effects everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like ripple, ripple, ripple. So you really see like the ri- they went all out with the with the the effects of Matt's sonar ability yeah like and then yeah like you said it's it's the it's the upside down kiss it's it's every romantic kiss between the two leads that you see and i think it holds up if you minus the the way the two originally met like yeah. if you tell people some a different story of oh how'd you two meet uh the movies you know yeah. just tell people how you how you met differently <laughs> and then then yeah, it would be a nice romantic little kiss. You could say our first kiss was in the rain. He's I, blind, but he said I'm beautiful. They have this moment also that happens in a lot of superhero movies where uh, something seemingly normal is happening, and then the hero hears commotion, and it's it's their choice whether or not they're going to leave their current situation and see to it. And in this, he does. Um, he follows the source of the commotion and beats a thug near to death in his apartment, scaring a nearby child, but also uh, you know trying to. Assure the child that he is not the bad guy. If you have to say I'm not the bad guy, I think you're the bad guy. Um, stricken with grief, Matt, a devout Christian, goes to church and has a chat with its priest. Uh, that doesn't really go anywhere because Matt doesn't really want advice at the moment. Um, at work, Matt is given an invite to a black tie gala at the Grand Hotel and Foggy deduces Electra sent the invite. Matt agrees to go and takes Foggy with him. They bump into Fisk and Ulrich and, and finally Electra. Matt apologizes to Electra while Foggy chats with Wesley. Um, Electra confesses that every time something good happens, it gets ruined, and she's worried. But Matt promises her that nothing bad will happen. Unkeepable promises, <laughs> but almost instantly, once he makes this promise, everything yep. goes to shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that Parker luck, that Murdoch luck. It's just not. It ain't great, man. The Murdoch magic. The Murdoch magic. Yeah. The Murdoch magic ain't great. Yeah, um, trying to think. Well, I like the whole scene with with him beating up the thug, and then he sees the kid. Yeah, and him being like, "I'm the good guy," because it goes back to that initial scene where where he lets the guy die in the train. Yeah, and it's you, you, you know, it's the whole. Well, is this guy the good guy? He just let somebody die. Right, and now he's beating up a guy who he's he you know he's a thug. He's beating him up and. And now he's questioning, well, am I really the good guy? So it's that that theme, that theme, that common thread throughout the movie, which will pay off later on in the movie where he makes that choice. Um, and I like the fact that 
you know, he's not one of these people that's going to now brood in a corner and, you know, have a conversation with himself. He yeah. goes to seek out advice from, from who? A priest. Because there's a Catholic guilt again. He goes to talk to the priest. And even though, like you said, he's not really ready to listen. Right. He just knows he needs someone to talk to. 100%. And who better for him to talk to but a priest? Yeah, and the priest is, um, I, I, according to the credits, Father Everett. And uh, that was the last name of one, one half of his co-creators. So yes. that, that works for that as well. Um, uh, the whole thing also with the whole, you know, I'm the good guy in this. Maybe it was easier with the train thing because nobody was around, right? And the person that has to go to bed with those sins is Matt Murdock. He has to go to bed every night, you know, knowing what he's done in the name of good. And yeah, you're right. This really, this really presents him with the question, you know, how, how far can he go and still be okay with himself and still say that he's doing the right thing for the right reasons? Right. Um, yeah, we, we get to see where that line is. Um, when Fisk threatens Nikolai at the gala, he takes off and Electra follows. Unbeknownst to them, Bullseye is in pursuit on a motorcycle and so is Daredevil. Bullseye uses shurikens to take out the Nachos limo, but is confronted by Daredevil uh, he tries to throw some shurikens at him. Daredevil moves out of the way, and Bill's eye is pissed that he missed. He never misses. He never misses. <laughs> uh, he never, ever, ever, ever misses. Then we get this scene of Daredevil and Bullseye playing chicken, in which Bullseye gets uh, moonsault kicked off of his motorcycle, which I thought was quite funny, because uh, he was not ready for that at all. Uh, Matt goes to grab his baton, but Bullseye has it and uses it to kill Nick. Nicola, Nick, Nicola, yeah, Nicola, um, as he was employed to do before taking off. Electra sees Daredevil and his baton, thinks he killed their father, and fires at Matt, who just manages to get away. When Matt gets home, he is pissed off and destroys a lot of his stuff. Um, I like this. I like the. I like them. I like Fisk trying to lay all the kingpin stuff. On the father Nachios, and then trying to put all the revenge stuff on Daredevil. I think that is very king, Kingpin esque, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So him having that big plan uh, that that works for me. What do you think about that fight scene, Biroke? I mean, uh, I I enjoyed it, but it's to me it's where the movie's budget starts to I guess fade. Right. Right. Because or either that, or either the budget or it's just you know early two thousands lack of technology. The whole, like you said, the moonsault kick or whatever he does to Bullseye, oof, it is so just computer graphics. (laughs) Right, Um, right. You know, um, the lack of detail, that that, that little bit of detail, that's extra detail that's needed in, like, Colin Farrell's face and the way it looks, it just, oof, it it doesn't look good. Earlier in the movie, it was also showing itself when he's doing, like you said, all his uh, web slinging, so to speak. (laughs) Right, right. Um, it was it was starting to crack through. Um, but besides that, like you said, the the Wilson Fist aspects of yeah, you know, let's let's get let's kill Nachios and make it look like he's the kingpin. And then on top of that, oh wow, we made it look like Daredevil's uh, the the murderer. Oh, that's this is this is all too perfect. Yes. This is smoke. And, this is the the smoke and mirrors that Wilson Fisk is a master at. You know, and you know, pay attention to the don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Just look at what's out there. Right. So, um, so I, I thought that was a, a fun way to do, and also the the building up of the rivalry now between Bullseye and Daredevil. The whole aspect of holy crap, this guy made me miss. Yeah. You know, um, and that's that is one of the the driving forces of of the Daredevil Bullseye uh, dynamic in the comics of 
you know, I'm Bullseye. I don't miss. And here is the super ninja, uh, Matt Murdock, who is able to who doesn't make get Bullseye. Hit. Right? Who doesn't, who doesn't get, get hit? Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's so building building on that. It, it makes it it makes the, the their whole now this rivalry uh, a lot of fun. You know, because it leads to the scene that he has with with Kingpin. You know. Yeah. And how now now listen, I, I'm I'm doing this almost for free now because I just want to take out the bastard who made me miss. Yeah. Let Let's get into that. Um, the news has fingered the now dead Nachios as the kingpin of crime, and as at Fisk Corp. Bullseye breaks in to confront his new boss. He tells him he has dibs on Daredevil after the vigilante made him miss, and Fisk agrees. And later on, Bullseye asks for a costume. Um, back at the Jackson trial, Matt has left Foggy to defend Dante alone. Funny, a funny moment that I didn't, I, you know, I've never seen any of this stuff before. I thought it was funny that uh, Matt left his notes, which were all in Braille. So Foggy's just <laughs> yeah, like, I can't read he's like, I can't do anything with this. Mm-hmm. Um and Dante seems to make things worse by testifying and mentioning his weed smoking and his wanting of a shotgun, <laughs> which doesn't right. make things uh, better for him. So they go to recess. Um, we are shown the funeral of Nikolai Nachios, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm 14 again as my immortal plays in the background. <laughs> and I am transported back <laughs> through a tunnel of emo hair. And Seether and Stained. Seether! Seether and Stained oh, and just being emotional. I, I I can tell you, it has, it has to be at least a decade since I've heard this song. And just literally hearing it again with like a Pavlovian response. I wanted to go on LimeWire all of a sudden and download more illegal music. It all happened oh, really, really freaking quick. It all happened um, so fast. I don't know what happened. I was on bear share. Matt, Matt goes to... It's not a Marvel movie if it ain't a funeral. So we have this. It ain't funeral. a funeral if there isn't black uh, umbrellas. Yeah, you gotta have black umbrellas. Everyone goes stylish, Dan. You can't show. You want to be the guy who shows up at the funeral with a blue umbrella? Oh no! So that you mean Klaus, who shows up to his father's funeral in a pink umbrella? Klaus can do no wrong, though. We'll Klaus leave that, can we'll leave do that no wrong. Where that is there. Um, Matt tries con- to console Electra, who vows revenge. He implores her to stay, and it begins to rain. I I forgot about this part, and I thought this was really cool. Uh, it begins to rain, and Electric uses her umbrella to hide from Matt, uh, and then gets into the car and leaves. I thought that was a pretty cold. That was actually a really. But <laughs> yeah. She didn't know. That's the whole point. Is no, she don't know Matt did it, but she. I, I I think she does know, and I think that's a, that was a cool callback to the scene that the scene that brought them together. Yeah. And her basically cutting it off now, like, no, you can't see me in the rain. Yeah, like, she was vulnerable. That's why he did know. He did mention that he can, when the when the rain happens, he can yeah. see. It's, yeah. it's weird. Right, but, right. Yeah, he so she, her, that. so her putting up the umbrella is basically you can't see me now, son. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so so she um, yeah, she was vulnerable before, and seemingly just and she mentioned all this. She mentioned every time things get good, something bad happens, and then Matt promised nothing bad was going to happen. So you know, I don't need to talk to you either, right now. Uh, this is actually also a little bit of a callback. Canonically, um, uh, you know, De- uh, Electra and her father end up getting captured, and Matt tries a impromptu rescue uh, of both of them, which in a confusion causes the cops from outside to fire on the building that they're in, killing Electra's father, which mm-hmm. causes Electra to become extremely pessimistic and extremely, you know, uh, not trusting anybody, not loving anybody. And it's one of the last times they see each other before she comes back as an assassin. So they are, they have a few of their ducks in a row here. There is stuff to, to champion here that they're, they're making sure 
they put in this. Um, ben Yorick, who had been following Matt, tells him that Dante is innocent. It turns out the woman who was killed used to feed Yorick info on the Kingpin, and he figures Kingpin had her killed and names a police officer who might know more information. Matt confronts that police officer inter and interrogates him until the officer names Kingpin as the killer. Um, it turns out Matt couldn't decipher the truth because the officer had a pacemaker. All of this I don't remember, so I'm assuming all of this is in the director's cut. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Because this, oh, the whole, the whole subplot of how they basically legally get Fisk in trouble is taken out of the movie. Yeah. So all these, I mean, in my opinion, fun scenes of Favreau and Coolio, and God forbid them actually doing their jobs as lawyers and cops. <laughs> <laughs> right is taken out of the movie it's it you know fox sat there and said listen man we just want to see superheroes and spandex and people kicking each other to hell with you know to hell with an actual story so let's take all that crap out and just give us you know my immortal and uh bring me to life <laughs> and 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 some and some fighting scenes and that's it and then and that's why i'm happy this this director's cut it did come out because I, I was one of the few people when this movie first came out that I said, no, I, I enjoyed that movie even though it was lacking. And then seeing the director's cut made me go, whoa, like – I Two different this movies. Is, this Two different right. movies. Again, I'm not saying it was an Oscar-worthy movie, but an infinitely better movie. Infinitely better movie. It, so, it, it also – like you said, I, I think that, yeah, out of all people – I mean you can name Coolio. But I think uh, Yorick and um, Foggy. Uh, get way more play in the director's cut, and those characters mm -hmm. are paramount to the Daredevil comic. So it yes. felt weird to cut cut back on those two, and specifically, you know, like let's cut down on the courtroom scenes of the lawyer that we're telling the story about. <laughs> right. Let's cut down the reporter scenes. You know, the reporter who's gonna unearth everything at the end. Let's cut out all the parts that he puts the 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 building blocks together. Mm -hmm. it, felt, it felt a little weird. Yeah. Um. So. Um. I'm trying to trying to think where where I'm sorry without getting ahead of myself. The so yeah, the, I mean her her father being killed and then uh, yeah, the, this was all the all these all these talking points are are just reasons why the move this director's cut needs to be watched. Like forget yes. about the original cut, watch the director's cut. A hundred percent facts. One hundred percent. Um. So, uh, yeah, the officer tells Matt that getting on Kingpin's bad side will get him killed. Yulrick. Pull, uh, pays a mortician, the uh, lovely Kevin Smith, to mm -hmm. see the item that killed Nikolai, and Yorick recognizes it as Matt Murdock's cane. In her apartment, Electra trains with size and has her sight set on Daredevil as he suits up. This is all to bring me to life. That's right. I am not impressed by this scene, B. Roke. Oh, I am not impressed. Oh, no, man. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, Rewatching the scene, I was just like, man, like, this doesn't make me. This doesn't make me really believe. Like I was more <laughs> impressed with her fight, her sparring with Matt in the park. A hundred percent. Yes. This this was her basically like punching and cutting open sandbags, which I'm like, okay, you, you know, you're about to fight Daredevil and possibly Bullseye. Uh, I don't sandbags see how this is that gonna... she set up, right? Like that she set up and and, on a timer, and was, and was most importantly, Electra sandbags that don't hit back. <laughs> right, 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 right. Bricks don't hit back. Yes, you should have trained with something that hits back because holy hell, you seem a little bit unprepared for the fight you're about to get into. But, uh, yeah, big completely time. Completely unprepared. <laughs> just a bit. 
Uh, Daredevil goes to take down Bullseye, but is confronted by Elektra, who stabs him and unmasks him after a brutal fight between the two. Um, she it seems very sad that it's Matt, even though she really thinks that Daredevil did this. Um, but they, you know they have a they have a thing. Bullseye shows up, and her and Elektra do battle. I say do battle, but basically what happens is basically <laughs> Elektra throws a sigh at Bullseye, who grabs it. Bullseye throws that same side back at Elektra, who attempts to grab it, and it and goes, it through, goes her right through her hand. Well, I listen again, uh, <laughs> please, as, you, as you say, straight from the comics. Right, she is completely overmatched, which right. is like like just like the comics. Yeah, you know, Bullseye, and I, 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 that's one of the things that I love that that the column does pull off beautifully. The whole line of yeah, you, you're good, but yeah. me, I'm magic. Yeah, and he proceeds like. Even as I'm watching it, again, when I was watching it with my son, my son was like, okay, so Daredevil's about to save Elektra because they would never kill another a superhero in their first movie that they're showing up. And I'm looking at him like, stand by, <laughs> stupid. Right, right. Get you, ready. you know what I mean? You're about to, you're about to witness a classic a classic uh, death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's something that like never happens. I mean, look at that. We had to wait, we had to wait what, 10 years in the MCU to get a significant death? Yeah, yeah, and not and not even one that was from the comics, like not, not even one that we could telegraph. Electra exactly. is like the Titanic. Once you see that boat show up, you know only one thing is going to happen. You know? Right. Whereas, like when Electra showed up in the movie, I'm sitting there going, "Ah, eh, how are they going to avert her death?" Right. And then when when they when Bullseye impales her straight out of the comic books, yeah. I was like, "Yes, yeah, this is awesome!" Like, wow. They and and not only did he do it, but he does it again to that perfect homage to the comic books. The yes. the appreciation to the source material is so on point. So it was. I I loved it. I I loved how how they immediately set up that the fact that listen, Bullseye missing earlier in the movie wasn't just like some henchman missing for the first time because they're they're He's not a stormtrooper. Uh, He's not a stormtrooper. Exactly. Anime. Like, right. like, no, man. Like, I am, I am a trained assassin on the on the on the level of something you've never seen. Right. So the fact that I missed earlier is big, and I'm going to show you how big it is by completely eliminating this 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 chick who gave Daredevil a bit of a run for his money. Yeah. Earlier throughout the movie, I'm just going to annihilate this one. Yep. And then I'm going to I'm going to put, you know, Daredevil to 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 work later on in the, in the fight in one of the final fight scenes. 100%. So I I loved how they did that scene. And like you said, you know, he stabs her with the sigh, he kills Electra, but in classic uh, you know, fashion of Electra's actual death, what you see is the clothes being stretched by the piercing of the sigh. You don't actually see the sigh go through her body, which is actually straight out of the comic. Where you mm-hmm. see the no, point. I I I I, yeah. I I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really really cool. Um, uh, yeah, Daredevil and her have, you know, they share some talking and then he leaves her body behind, um, <laughs> and goes to church. Well, he has to, the, the police show up in a helicopter. So yeah. he's just like, I gotta, I gotta get the hell out of here. The you worst know, police still, ever he, though, he, right? Cause they show huh? up. I said the worst police though ever. Cause they show up here 10 minutes after the fight. Then they show up at the, at the church. Like ten, 10 minutes, minutes after, after the fight. After everything happens there. They like, pull up by the time Bullseye. Well, yeah. So these police are terrible. New York NYPD man, listen. NYPD. But you know, listen. Odds are they get they get, they get paid by the hour. Odds okay. are the rest of them were stopping and frisking somebody in <laughs> in, uh, oh, wow. Washington, in Washington Heights. Sh- listen, shots fired, shots fired, shots fired. Hey. So Demarco, <laughs> Demarco. Uh, uh, yeah. So now let's get to that church fight. Um, 
Electra, uh, Daredevil goes to the church for refuge, as seen as in, in the beginning. Bullseye meets him there. Matt tells the priest to leave him, and him and Bullseye uh, go to war, throwing things at each other using the church organ. Uh, Bullseye manages to get the advantage, but he runs out of shurikens and using shards of stained glass. Uh, he tries to take the devil out, and then, um, but Matt dips, dodges. What is it? Dip. Dip, do- dodge, duck, <laughs> dip, dodge. dive, and dodge. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. He did yeah. all that. He did all that. My man, uh, Matt, which just infuriated Bullseye even more. Um, uh, he was able to get out of the way of trouble. Bullseye confesses to Matt that Fisk is kingpin and that he hired him to kill Nikolai and Electra. As he goes for the killing blow, a police sniper who was told to take a shot fires, and Matt uses his ability to dodge the bullet, making it go through the hands of Bullseye, rendering his hands Oh, because he heard the gun. He hears the, the police radio, and then he hears the freaking uh, the gun being cocked. Yeah. yeah, the chamber, and then the bullet goes through his hands. And then I put suffering from stigmata, because that's what's going on with that's Bullseye right now. My hands! Mm-hmm. Look what you did to my show hands! Show me mercy! You took my hands! <laughs> he says, show me mercy, and then kind of goes into like a Jesus on the cross uh, uh, you know, stance. And and listen, honestly, honestly, you could have gave me a million dollars and pointed a gun to my head and asked me what happens after this when I, you know, because I hadn't seen it in a while and I couldn't remember. So I burst out into tears of laughter when right after he says, give me mercy, Daredevil just chucks him out the window. He grabs him by the collar. And just chucks him out the window. Throws him right on the cop car that Throws pulls up. Throws him right on the cop. No, it wasn't. It was a. It was. It was uh, Ulrich's car. Ulrich's, 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 Ulrich's car. car. Yeah. yeah Ulrich's. Okay. Okay. It was Ulrich's car. He just turns and throws him out of a window, and I'm like, "Well." And then when he lands on the car, uh, Matt says, "Bullseye." <laughs> Bullseye. No, I, I I loved it. You know, I mean, why why grant mercy to the dude who just killed your girl? Yeah. The yeah. dude who's who's blatant. I mean, the guy comes into your your into a church, your your place of solace. Yeah, he brought hell and, to and, a church. Right, and right after murdering his girlfriend. Right, and you, you know, and and come on, the whole the, the whole he, he's totally playing poorly as it was to to Daredevil's uh, Catholic side, the, the sh- showing his hands with the stigmata. Yeah. And, oh, grant me mercy. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Daredevil's like, nah. I'm, yeah. I'm the devil. I'm the devil right now. Exactly. The and, other and part. grabs him. And right, he grabs him and he throws him through the window, you know, to hell with you. You know, I'm, I'm done with you. And he then goes straight after the kingpin, which in, I thought was great. In words that are, I'll probably regret later, Matt kind of shows the usefulness of the devil. Because while God will take mercy on all those that are good and, and do right by their fellow man, uh, so, uh, they, need a certain, they need another person to handle the other people. And yeah. uh, Matt is that other person in this instance. Um, to that, to you know, a to the person in the alley that he saved, he's an angel, you know. And then to the people that he accosts, he can be a devil. Yeah. Um, Fisk is told Bullseye failed, and and this honestly, this line and the delivery and this whole part really sold me on Kingpin. I completely forgot. Yo, I know, I know. I love it. I, I, bring it up. Bring it up. Say it, baby. Say it, baby. So, uh, Fisk uh, assumes Daredevil is out to come for him. And when he asks, when Wesley asks why, he goes, because that's what I would do. And I was like, all right. He, and he sends Wesley home because he knows that Daredevil's coming for him and he's ready to solve this on his own. And I was like, damn, it's, it's about to go down. 
No, no, but come on, the other line that he drops on him about the Bronx. Oh, yeah, he says, Wesley, I was born in, in the, the Bronx. Bronx. Wait, let me see if they have that whole line. Because I was like, he just, the way he brought that up, I was like, oh, my God. He Because the way he say, he's like, he's like, I'm from the Bronx. You wouldn't understand what's going oh, yeah, down. Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> Like, like, because you know, it was definitely. Oh, I mean, just yeah. I was oh, raised I, I, in the Bronx, Wesley. This is this is something you wouldn't understand. There's something he says, and he puts emphasis on you. Like, yeah. like you know, you're you know, you know, you know what he was trying to say. A hundred percent. It it was. I, I thought it was great. I was like, oh yes, it's about to go down. You know what I mean? It was. It was. I, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed that <laughs> this very is much. Some Bronx shit, Wesley. You That's know, right. You know, know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> this is the way we handle it in New York. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, at at the hotel bar, Wesley is approached about the murder in the Johnson case. Uh, Fisk undresses for his confrontation with the devil, who shows up for a fight. Kingpin uses his extreme strength to throw the vigilante around. Um, while he was doing it, I was going, son of a boxer! Like how Kingpin, <laughs> how Fisk was, when he was beating him up in the jail. <laughs> yeah, son yeah, of a yeah, boxer! Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> Oh, and then I and then when he threw him against like the pillar, I went, um, your spirit or your body? <laughs> which yeah. one? Which one will break first? I was, I the the darkness be, is part of me. Yes, <laughs> wow, what's the line? Was uh, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 damn it! Uh, uh, oh, you think, you, you think you think the, you think the Bronx your was your ally? I was born in it. I was born in it, raised in it. I was eating chopped cheeses while you were a little boy. That's it. That's how. That's how they should have had it, bro. Brother, chopped cheeses. That's how. Listen, we had to make this a New York authentic cast right now. For real, for real. Uh, Bacon nigga cheese is that, one word. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. So while he's ahead, Kingpin is. He unmasks the hero and taunts him for being that blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil uses the plumbing to aid him in fighting the Kingpin, who seemingly can't fight while wet. All of a sudden, <laughs> he gets his ass whooped. But I, I attribute that to Matt Murdock being more trained, I guess? Probably more proficient uh, and using the water um, as an ally. Uh, Matt slides between Kingpin's legs and break, breaks both his knees. While Kingpin is kneeling, um, Matt considers going for the killing blow, but decides to give him some mercy. When Kingpin says he doesn't understand, Matt repeats he is not the bad guy. Police sirens can be heard nearby, and Matt tells Fisk that they are here from him, and that they know who the true Kingpin was. As Matt works, uh, as Matt walks away, Kingpin tells him this isn't over with, and Matt replies that he will be waiting. The next day, Dante Jackson is named not guilty, and Foggy and Matt go back to have some coffee. Afterwards, Matt goes to church where he bumps into Ben Urich, who tells him in no uncertain terms that he knows he's Daredevil. Uh, we see Fisk and Wesley in jail. Bullseye is still alive, and later Matt finds Electra's necklace with a braille message seemingly left for him. Ulrich almost outs Matt as Daredevil when writing a story on Kingpin, but chooses not to. Instead, encouraging Daredevil to go get him at the end. Uh, and the, uh, then we get the Guardian Daredevil uh, reference at the end with the um, narration by Daredevil. And that ends uh, our 2003 Daredevil 
Uh, upon rewatch, Alex, was there anything that surprised you about the film? Um, one thing about the way it was shot was I don't know if you caught this. How many times they zoomed in? Yeah. To certain yeah. things, like I was, I, it just reminded me of um, just a lot of movies of the time. The whole that whole zooming in for like shock value, and also and also speeding up. Speed like when they do like establishing shots, a lot of really fast zooms and speed sped up time lapses, uh, to show things. Yeah, I, I definitely yes. saw that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. I I I was not a fan of the narration. Like, ah, that's interesting. You know, though the way the movie starts, that it starts from the middle of the movie, kind of, or or somewhere near the end, and then the whole narration. Like, just give us the movie in order. Start it with. With you know, uh, with young Matt Murdock as a kid in New York and all the things he has to go through. Um, I, I think they were ripping from Spider Man because isn't that how Spider Man ends with a with a narration like yeah. a monologue? No well, it ends I with go, a narration. No it, it, it ends with a narration. It right. started with but one too. Yeah, it does. It did. You know who I, who am I? Are you sure you want to know? The story I'm about to tell you is not for the faint of heart. That's literally the first line of Spider-Man 2002. Okay, but see, but like it doesn't do as much narration. Oh no, 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 no. It it literally it literally has Just like that and the end, right? Th- it, it had that um it th- the story I'm about to tell you is not for the faint of heart. Hey, you know, I'd rather be this guy. That's who I am. Once it shows the whole chasing down the bus, the narration literally stops for the rest of the movie until he says no matter what I am, no matter what I try to become, who the ones I love will always be the ones who hurt. Yeah, and that's right. that was the and, only narration. That and and, and the movie. Mo- and the and the movie was told in chronological order. Yes, it didn't start in the middle of the movie with him like being beaten up by Green Goblin and then going back to the beginning and, and then wondering how I got here, backing at all the events of his life up until that point. <laughs> right, right. So like that was. <laughs> I, I wish in the director's cut they had fixed, unless I guess the director wanted it that really wanted it that way. Yeah. It just it, that was like uh, it just it didn't need to be that way because narration, it's it it just it bothers me. I, I'm not a fan of narration. I in, in small in small doses, but rewatching this movie, it, there was a lot of it. <laughs> I, I, oh, the entire the entire opening, the entire the ending like, as well. first act basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I, uh. I, I I like this movie. I do I did think it still stands the test of time. It may not be everybody's favorite. I guess my biggest issue with this film is literally just the existence of the Daredevil Netflix show. <laughs> because I was fine with this when I had nothing to compare it to. Right? And I think that's what where that came down to in a lot of ways for me. Because I look at Charlie Cox and I love Charlie Cox's Daredevil now. You know, I think he really had a really understated way of playing Matt Murdock in the way he spoke very silently. He spoke like somebody who hears everything, you know, who has to hear everything all the time in a very uh-huh. calm and, and low and, you know, soothing way all the time. Um, they play with the Catholic guilt stuff. They play with the hand stuff. They introduce Electra as somebody he used to go to school with, like he did canonically. And, uh-huh. that's, and somebody who disappeared and came back as a deadly assassin like they did canonically. Um, right. I, I wonder if they could have done that with Garner in this film. If she could have been somebody he went to school with, lost track of, and now she's I think back. it would have made that their, their, their little uh, encounter before the fight scene a little less the, awkward. The park, no, the park thing would have made a lot more sense if they knew each other from before. Like when he grabs her by the wrist and says, hey, hey, hey. Like that, that, that would have made much more sense if they were literally childhood like best friends. Like they knew each other like since they were was, five years old. If she was like, old, are you Electra Nachos? And she's like, I don't know who you're talking about. Yes, if she would have like, yeah, that would have been... Know? 
a lot And then different. he's like, nah, no, listen, I know it's you because I smell women or something, right? That's what I he likes to do. I smell women. Now you're just <laughs> He right. likes to smell women, Dan. I saw right. him do it at now the gala. Now you're just being messed up to the blind. No, no. You know who was messed up to the blind person? Electra, when she told him, I wore this outfit especially for you tonight. Oh, shit. Because he oh, couldn't shit. see it. And that was a terrible thing to tell the blind man, Electra. You need to start thinking about your I bedside wore this manner. I for you. Yeah, think about your bedside manner there, Electra. Let's see what other. Well, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I didn't mind those lines because it, it it builds on the whole romance of it that it's not just a hookup. It's not just like I really like this hot chick for like that that one night together. It was this was a relationship. Um, could they have built it up better as it had, like you said, making it something that had been pre-established during his law school time or right. even high school time? Yes, they could have they could have done that. Um, but still, um. I, I was I was with it, you know. I dug those little moments, even even if they were a little creepy. Like like you said, he he rose up on her and he like blatantly just smells her. Yeah, it's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's like, what are you blind? You know? Yes, what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> they might have been leading up to something because uh, the film was originally envisioned as an R-rated film with nudity and hard violence. I, I can see that. I mean, there, there were there were there, I mean, some of the some of the. I mean, the whole idea of the bullseye getting his hands shot through, yeah. the way the I mean, I mean, he let somebody get run over by a train, man. Like that's pretty brutal, right? So it's the, there, there, there are those rated R aspects definitely in there. We're also oh, right and off then, the heels then, of oh, Marvel Knights, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, it, uh, when it when it came back on the Joe Casada and Kevin Smith, it was a Marvel Knights book, yes. Yeah, so we're also that's a, that's a considered a darker imprint. You know, mm-hmm. and then oh no, if in, in something that, that that was definitely in the director's cut that wasn't in the original cut was there's a lot of side boob in the bar fight, <laughs> fight scene. Okay, okay. You remember you remember when, when the girl like shows her she flashes the guys her boobs, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was not originally in the uh, in the original cut of the movie. So like you could definitely see that they were pushing that PG thirteen line. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, something I wish that this movie had snuck in um, that that the Electra movie I was so upset with got to do, and even in the uh, the Daredevil show on Netflix eventually mm-hmm. was the idea of Stick. Right. So this this movie informed me the most about the character of Daredevil. When I saw the show, I was completely shocked by this idea of Stick as a character. It completely blew me away. And then the idea that behind Matt's back he would train Electra. It's like such an interesting little wrinkle to that whole lore that then now when I go back and I watch Electra sticks in Electra, it's played by Terrence. Stamp. Yeah, no, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm Tam- saying. Fucking Terrence, Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp plays her. I loved him. That yeah. was like the only thing I really liked about the movie was Terrence Stamp playing playing a uh, stick. Yeah, I mean, like they could have squeezed him in even a little bit in this movie. Because Stick, again, for the Frank Miller run, because Stick was not part of the original Lee Everett stuff. Right. Um, but Stick is a huge is a huge character in uh, in the Daredevil books under Frank Miller. Right. So to try to put him in this movie, even even if he was just hinted at, even if he was just mentioned, like, yeah, you know, I, I learned this from a from a blind master of mine, right, or something like that. Like that would have been that would have been so cool to to see. You know, like them acknowledge it, especially since they, you know, with the same director, because the same director does Electra. Yeah. They squeeze it into Electra, but they don't bother to. Because even in the director's cut, Matt. yeah, you don't tie it back. To right, Matt. even even in the director's cut, I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna like see a mention of Stick or something about Stick. Nothing. 
nothing about stick. And usually with these fighting with these fighting scenes or these fighting characters, something would happen along the lines of like Electra would do a trick that only stick taught her or something and that would be you know right. that'd be the thing like wait only one man knows that move and he taught me that move or something like that like a throwaway right. line that comes into something you know way bigger what did you think of the stick in the series Were you Scott Glenn um, is a, oh, I, Scott um, Glenn's king I, Scott Glenn's yeah, legend yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean I I, I, I enjoyed him yeah. although he did become a little like because I think he even made it until the Defenders series yeah he correct? got he got a bit far yeah and then he dies in the Defender series, I believe. Right. right. And so I, I, I got by the time he shows up in Defenders, I was kind of tired of him. Okay. Because yeah. there were there was like I I forget I think it's in the Defenders also where he cuts off his hand to escape. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, all right, much. this guy, this 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 guy is like a little bit too amazing. Right. For right. for like a 70 year old blind guy, he's a little too amazing. Yeah. So I was when when he finally does get killed, I was kind of like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with this character because he does he does die in the comics, and it's actually one of the few characters in comics that has like Stay not dead. come back. Like yeah, he's he's dead. been dead for like 20 years now, so it's like wow, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, I I liked how you know it kind of it kind of bridges that gap that we have in this movie where you have a child Matt Murdock and a very hardened ninja Matt Murdock. Stick adds to that development so much and seeing him berate a child on several occasions i felt like gave me a lot more depth to uh you know matt murdoch as a character yeah so. big, i mean big time because like even in this movie oh speaking of which like some like one cameo not cameo but character in this movie is, is another actor from the sopranos you know was that was the bully was matt murdoch's bully oh yes yeah and that's was james of, gandolfini's son that's Jay, right, exactly. So you know, you get you get to see these moments where, like, okay, you're obviously learning how to fight, but you're 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 showing more than just boxing skills. You're learning from your dad. How are you flipping? How are you sw- doing these beautifully timed sweeps? Like, you could have easily have just thrown stick in there. Like, oh yeah, you know this man who hung out at my dad's boxing gym, who was also blind, trained me on the side as well. You know what I mean? Like cool like explain how how you go from being the blind kid who's who knows how to throw a jab into this flipping ninja you know what i mean right yeah like i said i never got the ninja aspect of it because it just seemed like something he just trained himself which i always felt felt like was kind of weird i knew that about batman as well until you find you know he goes and trains with actual martial artists like that's a part that even the movies like to omit the training aspect of it so I like I like as soon as they added in the Batman Begins, people were like, "Oh my God, how how original, how in depth!" And it's like they did this in the comics. You just yeah. never wanted to do it, you know. We can go to the nitty gritty of how they get to where they're gonna be. Um, so yeah, I thought that was that was interesting as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for Daredevil, which was a better movie than the movie we're gonna be covering next week, which is New Mutants. So oh, I'm still here next week. Oh God! Listen, that's what's uh... gonna. It's the, oh. it's the good and the bad, Dan. Oh, wait, no, you said New Mutants. Though. New Mutants, I'm going to end up watching again, and I'm going to do a pros and cons You're going to devil's advocate New Mutants? I, I'm not just going to... I'm actually going to do the one thing that I've never done for quote-unquote bad comic book movies. Because to be straight honest with you, I don't think New Mutants is bad. Like, it, it has its wonky ending. But, uh-huh. if, but if you were to, to, to take a movie's ending... 
and make it the definitive grading of that movie, the first Wonder Woman is a fail then. It's hard not to because it's the feeling you get left with. Okay, but what about the, the feeling that over. you didn't get left with that weird feeling of st- not st- well, not Stephen Wolf, Ares and No, because because No Man's VM Land Varga was, being no, because, in the whole time. Because No Man's Land was so good. Do you think New Mutants has a No Man's Land? I think it does. I think it's it's what it is. It's the montage of the of the kids okay. before the whole nightmare hits them. And right. You have Ileana and um, Sunspot, Sunspot in the tub. Yeah. You got what's his face from Stranger Things in the bathroom, like having Cannibal. like a mental breakdown. Yeah. Maisie Williams is having like having her own little thing with the church. Yeah. And then this girl is like just had that bad uh, like a bad scene with uh, Ileana, and now she's making everybody like suffer nightmares. And that, that that the moment you find out that she's who it is, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It, yes, it's it's building it up. Then if you're paying attention, you know that that's what's gonna happen. But that scene was awesome to me. Well, we'll, we'll go back. That and is we'll, a preview. We'll for go next back week. and rewatch and see if Dan is out of his rabbit ass mind or not. We'll find eight, out next eight week. Eight witches versus man. I must be on my damn mind. Oh, don't the worry. Bad movies I've defended. Don't worry. We got something ready for the fans for March Madness. Let's just say. Oh that, yeah. Let's just say. Oh, let's oh, just oh. leave that little thing right there. Um, but I want to thank everybody for listening this far into the podcast, uh, because you guys are awesome. Um, every single episode of the Major Issues podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. The one stop for all our stuff, articles, merchandise, uh, find out a little bit about us. Um, and you can actually comment on any single episode and we get it emailed it right to us and we will read those comments live here on the air. Um, next week we'll be tackling new mutants. So you guys have a full week to watch that film and write in what you guys think of the film and we'll be able to read your opinions live here on air. With Daredevil's rights being reverted back to Marvel, who knows where we see him next, but I guarantee you wherever we see him next, we will be covering him as we have so far. And we still, I think, have yet to cover Daredevil Season 1, which might be a uh, a gem out there. When we started this cast, whoa, 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 2 whoa, whoa. was we out. Touched, we did- 2 and 3 we did. If my, if right. I, if I'm not, if I'm no, not no, wrong, no, you, no, you're right. I, I think you did Luke Cage with Jarvis. Yeah, you've done we, both we Iron did, Fist. We did, we did both. No, we didn't do season one because you hate. Oh, season I hate one. season one. Yeah, me and you sense. did Iron <laughs> Fist season one. We did, uh, we did um Jessica Jones season one, one, two, and three because we yeah. just did one recently. Yeah, we we both did one, yeah. and then we had two and three. Yep. We, I don't think we did Defenders. I did both seasons of Punisher. You didn't do Defenders, did you? I didn't do Defenders. So you have season one of Daredevil, you have Defenders. season one of Iron Fist, and No, then... I have season one of Daredevil, Daredevil and Defenders. And Defenders. That's no, it. You're not gonna... I don't have anything I don't else know, man. on the docket. I, I, I will get the fans I, And we have you. Matt Fraction's Iron Fist. That's what we have to cover for Iron Fist. I love Matt Fraction, so I will definitely... Because I am not watching the Big Lebowski attempt karate, uh, Tiger <laughs> Showman's karate anymore. In that damn well, show. you don't like the Meachums? The fuck You don't like the Meachums? If you if wow. you if you want to see if Dan forces me to talk about the Meachums, make sure you're here every that single. That might have to be a Patreon thing. Oh my man. god! Every single we will Wednesday, binge it in one day. Uh, knock on all the wood. The Major <laughs> Issue Podcast hasn't missed a single Wednesday since we've been out. So make sure that you are subscribed to us wherever podcasts are found. It's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube. And wherever. The quickest way to find us, literally, pick up your phone right now. Go to Google. Type in Major Issues Podcast. And I pinky promise that we'll be the first ones to pop right up. Because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. 
We're also uh, at Major Issue CBC on Twitter, but also you can reach us at Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to Comic Book to Comic Book Media. We are dropping WandaVision memes left and right, and people are going crazy. My man! My man! So get, so get on that. Uh, people are digging it, and, and get on it, if only to see... Ross Al Ghul. That's all I'm going to say right there. Oh, God. That was the greatest oh, thing I've God. ever seen. Ross Al Ghul is the tearing up the pivot. Pivot. The, demon. The, the demon of pivot. That's it. It is tearing up the internet. So go go check out our social medias for that. Dan, you are Dan's Comics CBC on Instagram. Yep. At Dan's Comics CBC. Dan is possessive. So Dan's Comics is plural. And then CBC. I didn't know you were possessive, bro. I'm uh, definitely <laughs> possessive. Very possessive. Be rogue. Where can they find you? Um, you can find me here. They can find him <laughs> oh, here. That's all good. We'll, that's we'll, perfectly. That's that's okay. Hey, that, well, that's, that's acceptable. It. Wherever you're at, you're home, bro. That's isn't that? Isn't I, that I, I appreciate it, guys. Like like I said in the the last time I guest starred, my my presence on social media is very limited. Right. And I think I'm happier that way. No, good. it no, works, hey, bro. Man. It works. Stay or, private. That's and, and stay private and stay on the major issues podcast. And then you can talk, you can have the craziest takes, bro. And can't can nobody cancel you. That's the best part about all that. Hey, oh, that's exactly. the best part. You can't. You are literally not being able to get canceled. It's untouchable, people. Be real. Yeah, this, this whole this this whole this whole uh, Instagrams and Twitters and yep. all that. I, it's it's no no face I'm chat good. and Snapbook, I, bro. You gotta yeah get on yeah. I'm, I'm I'm one of these people that still you know dials phone numbers and calls people. Oh my god, what are you, you out there know. writing How letters? How big is your brain that you can keep numbers in there? Like... What are you doing writing letters? Huh? What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? My man is sending yeah. strongly worded letters. Oh my that's god. right. Do you still send right. Christmas cards with the picture, the family photo picture? Oh. Uh yeah, I believe uh, it. <laughs> I do. I literally sent out like a hundred of them this past year. I did. No, that was a dope family photo, Christmas photo. So I'm gonna need one of those. Like Cap says, sometimes you gotta be a little old fashioned. Hey, and uh, and that's why I'm a Cap fan, baby. That's it. That's it. But join us next week as we tackle all things New Mutants. Uh, I think I did all. Oh yes, can you please, can you please uh, rate and review us on iTunes? It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters. Find out what you like and what you don't. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest things to come to comic books, comic book media. But I can't tell you how we do it or I mess up the timeline. Just know that we do. So get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. My name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And Alex B. Roke. And this has been our Daredevil 2003 recap and review. And remember, whether or not you're from the Bronx, and so they wouldn't understand, whether you're a vigilante with a chip on his shoulder, or whether you're a blind man trying to sexually harass a woman in the street. Well, don't do that last one. Remember that we are the click. Remember that you, <laughs> yes you, and even you, B-Roke, are worthy. <laughs> <laughs>